You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Podcast Juice. This is the Prince Podcast. And today, this is it. We are going to review Art Official Age, the new Prince album. And to help me do this, we got a great panel today. First off, we have Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? I am cold, but I'm still sexy. So let's get this thing popping. All right. Big Ken, how are you, sir? I am hyped up, ready to get into this album, man. All right. Mr. Day Dropping. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to go. Ready to do this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some special guests in the house. Yes, sir. We have some of the music snobs here today. And first up, we have Mr. Arthur. How are you, sir? I'm doing very, very well. Really honored to be back. Uh, I believe this is my third appearance, and it's always, always an honor and a, a privilege to be on the show, Mike. Man, we love to have you on. You always just open door to you. Uh, last but certainly not least, sometimes I, I like to listen to him. I call him Mr. Controversy because he give it to you raw. You go, you know, hey, I love it. The golden age of hip hop, man. <laughs> there we go, <laughs> Mr. Jahan. How are you, sir? I'm brilliant. Oh, excited to be here. Really excited to be here. All right. And we are excited to have you. And I'm going to you know, take this right now. Today's episode, this is going to be called The Prince Snobs. All right. We are united today. <laughs> this is, uh, we, we're like the Avengers. We all coming together and we're going to really get into it. So sit back, relax. All right. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into this. This is Art Official Age. This is actually the 34th studio album by Prince. Uh, so how many? What did you say? 34th. Damn. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Just, wow. if you just sit back and think about that. The 34th album. Yeah, that's Rolling Stones wow. level. Yeah, and then you, mm-hmm. it really puts a lot. If you put it in context, you got to be like, okay, what I'm about to review, <laughs> this guy's got 34 of these. All right. Now, this album will be released September 30th. So for some of you listening to this, this review will be before the album, so I have to say, in you know, in all internet uh, protocol, spoiler alert, right? Because we're going to go into these songs and really get into them. All right. Without further ado, the first track is called "Art Official Cage," and this is the one that starts the album out. So you know how we do. We're going to go around the room. Uh, I'm going to give the honors today to start us all off to Big Sexy and Sack. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this one, <clears throat> at the, the beginning portions, and I'm going to go way back on this one, it has a vibe to me of, I believe it's called the KLF, Etern- 3AM Eternal, that type of uh, live call and response feeling. You know, I really like that. It's, it's really upbeat. It's a great way to you know kick it off. I'm not an expert on sequencing albums by any stretch. But I like the way it kicks, kicks off. The woman who does the little rap, little reggae-ish style rap, I have no idea what she's saying, but it just seems to fit. Uh, you can hear the texture in the drums. I don't believe this is Hannah playing drums on this. I'm not, I don't know for certain, but you can hear a difference from what we, what we heard in um, Plectrum Electrum. And you hear the little lyrics and little, little quick in-and-out lyrics. I like it. You know, I like it. I like the way it starts. It opens up the album very good. It's something we haven't heard in a long time. And it sounds, again, I'm not one to speak on a person's emotional state, but the guy sounds like he's just relaxed 
and just having fun and just, you know, just letting it fall where it's going to fall. And I like that. It was a good, good opening piece. All right. I'm going to go in, jump in real quick. Let me just say this. When I start listening to this record, I have to tell myself this is the 34th album. I also have to remind myself that it's 2014, right? I also have to remind myself that this album is called Artificial Age. I say all that to say, when I first put this on, I was ready to get very mad because this goes against everything that I know and love of Prince uh, initially as I'm listening to it. I don't like the sort of, you know, the I, I'm old, so I'm going to say like house style beats. Y'all house heads can, can, can you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't like that kind of program in the clubs. I just, I just don't normally listen to that, and I don't associate that with Prince. It brings to mind me, uh, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You know, I, I'm just never, I was never a fan of that kind of stuff. So I was just like, what is going on here? You know, he does have the little rhythm guitar comes in. So that's like, for me, opens the, hey, it's okay to come on in, Mike. You know, there's a little bit in here for you. And I'm and I'm very much a Billy Sparks, you know, uh, part of the movie. You know, the scar in his hand, he's turn around, look at Morris and shaking his head like, this nigga is awesome all this shit. <laughs> but I have listened to this album numerous times now. I have given it up. I, I, I'm, I'm over it. You know what? I love this track. I can see myself sitting in a stadium, right, at the concert, and he starts to show off with this. And this is made to say, hey, younger people of today's music world and a little bit of my old people, I'm here. I'm new. This is for all of us. It can't sound like 1983, Michael. Get out of that. This is where it's at today. You need to change, not Prince. So I embrace this song now. Like now I'm all into this, but I'm just saying I was very apprehensive going into this for a lot of the things that are going on in this song. But now I love it. Uh, Am I a defense attorney for Prince? Sometimes I am. Now I'm going to go over to Big Ken. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Let me say this. I'm I'm a lot like you, Mike, that before getting this review copy, right, I had recently heard his version of Funk and Roll that he dropped like a week or so ago, a week and a half ago, something like that. And I heard it, and I wasn't impressed with that. So I went into this, hearing this album, with expectations set very low, right? So I started up, and just like you, that up-tempo, four on the floor, you know, driving beat comes on, you know, with the synth and all that stuff. And I immediately think to myself, Man, this this shit sounds like moves like Jagger for some reason started coming into my head. And I'm like, really, this is what we're going to get into. But I'm like, all right, whatever. Prince is my boy. I'm going to support him. I'm just going to listen and let it go. But then, man, like you said, you know, the signature Prince bass thumping and rhythm guitar comes in kind of blending with that the techno electric electronic music type rock that he's got going on. So it's kind of mixing old with the new. And then all these the crazy Afro futuristic lyrics come in, you know, including that little section where, you know, we need you to tell us what you know. And the implied waterboarding that they're doing to him to get the information in the background voice changes all over the place like he did in Rainbow Children. And that little hook that he was doing, you know, the artificial, artificial. I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting into this a lot. And I just 
it just like osmosis, man. The more I listened to it, I began to love this song. I mean, it just I think it might be the craziest track Prince has done in a long time. I mean, it kind of reminds me it's all over the place, kind of like Three Chains of Gold was. It's just amped up. You know what I mean? And it just goes to show that good or bad, man, that he's always capable of genuinely surprising you. I mean, very few artists can at- even attempt this type of adventurous ex- experimentation or, th- or even are willing to consider it or try it because, for one, it takes them outside of their comfort zone, outside of boundaries that they know. And two, their audiences won't let them go outside those boundaries so they don't attempt to do anything. But Prince is just one of those cats, man, where he's in that zone he just doesn't care, man, and he just rolls with it. And I think th- I think the result is brilliant. And then uh, you know this track starts off that whole narrative that we kind of see that's weaved throughout the album from time to time. That this whole you know he's arrived in the future somewhere, you know, uh, in suspended animation, this, that, and the other. So it's just a a crazy brilliant track. It's like a shot across the bow, basically. It's like you know you hear this and it's letting you know. This is not your average Prince album from the late 90s, 2000s. This is different. This is not Planet Earth. This ain't 3121 or Musicology. This is something else. So get ready for the ride. So I love it. All right. Jahan, tell your truth. Tell the truth now. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. Okay. Well, there, there, are, there are tracks that I really, really like on artificial age this is not one of them um to me it kind of reminds me of like sort of thunder but like maybe i don't know like j-lo remix or something um it's i don't know it was just i i wasn't a huge fan of the rhythm um of the track it um felt a bit sort of simplistic to me um it didn't it didn't groove to me um it didn't have any kind of it had all the sort of instrumentation of funk but none of the funk of funk Mm. um and it just um you know it's a happy sort of top 40 billboard 100 party track and you know that's cool um i i totally agree that it's the audience that has to change not the artist um i'm not changing (laughs) and um (laughs) Uh, yeah, this, this this track isn't for me, man. I mean, and, and like I said, there are you know I'm not hating. I'm trying to be objective. There are tracks on the album that I really do like, but uh, I, I can't put this in that category. All right, all right, I can, I, I can understand that. Um, Author, what's your take on this? Yeah. Um, when uh, when 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 George Lucas got married in Chicago, he got married uh, not too far from from where I live. And I had a feeling like, you know what, he might he might do a pop up show. Prince might do a pop up show because, you know, the third he'd been doing selected cities with Third Eye Girl and uh, Chicago was not one of those cities, you know. And then um, uh, I was with my wife at the grocery store a couple hours, uh, you know, uh, later in the afternoon. And I got a text like, hey, he's, he's going to be at the city winery. And tickets on sale now, $75 or 100 whatever it was. You know, you got to get these joints now. And I took, sat back for a second and thought it through. I said, well, he's at Lucas's wedding. And I know that he's got his NPG band with him. 
which is, you know, Shelby J, Alicia, and, you know, 50 Horns and all of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to pass. And why am I going to pass? Because I just saw that show, you know, six months earlier at the United Center when he came for Welcome to Chicago. And this song is, is like that for me. In other words, this song, Artificial Cage, is like the bridge song where when Prince was on New Girl and had that song with Zooey Deschanel that, that, you know, the public liked. This is like the song to say, hey, this is the same kind of sound Prince does this, you know, he's got this midsection with this bass break at halftime and all that. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's just like this accessibility song to bring you into the album to let you know that Prince is hip. And I have real issues with Prince constantly trying to show that he's hip. He doesn't need to show that he's hip. He's Prince. He's Prince. <laughs> David Bowie doesn't need to show that he's, that he's, that he's a deep guy. You know what I'm saying? He's Bowie. Mick Jagger doesn't need to show that he's a deep guy. He's Jagger. Prince is in that same ilk, but he constantly, constantly tries to show the kids what real music is. I get it. I got what real music is. I've heard this before. And I just think that, I just think that these kind of epic openers... Um, you know, to try to create some kind of quasi concept that's supposed to carry through the album, but really only like seven or eight people actually know what it is that he's trying to say, just just doesn't work for me anymore. You know, and 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 let me just say, shout out to De La Soul for naming three albums: Art, Official, Intelligence. Hmm. Didn't catch that. No, I, I'd never seen anybody. I, I never saw anybody catch it. And I, I, I thought that was kind of strange, you know, and I guess it's just um, uh, it, it's a rant. And, you know, there are there are aspects, as we'll get into later, of, of this album that I really, really, really do like, you know, and in some cases find refreshing. But um, I'm just I'm just, you know, I'm 35 years a professional Prince purveyor, you know, and I I know when I hear easy music, and this is just an it's an easy song to to kind of showcase, you know what what Prince is to this new wave of of fans that I feel that he's constantly trying to chase, but doesn't have to. All right, day dropping. Well, yeah, um, this one's a little bit of contrast to what Arthur said on it, on my observation on this. Musically, I think it is a great beat. It's a good dance beat. And the tempo changes, they work. They don't really drag the song down. So it, it, it's a driving song in terms of music, in terms of a dance song, that is. Uh, lyrically, I really don't know what he's talking about. It's going to take a few more listens for me to get it and to Thank get any, any kind of understanding. Yeah. Um, but you could say the, that about a lot of Prince songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, and that's, that's the cool thing about listening to the Prince music is that I'll listen to it and then finally it hits me. Oh, shit, he's talking about that. Okay. And then I'll get some kind of meaning out of it. This is going to be one of those. But that's okay because it's a dance song. Uh, the breakdown at the middle with Camille, Darth Vader, and the rapping is great. It works. It works for me. Again, it will require more listening to really take in. Now, for me, this one here, although it's not epic, I think it's a great beginner. It's a good beginner for this. I think this is kind of back to basics with Prince in that uh, we've seen him fail when he's trying to play with the genre. 
for example, in the past, I'll say in the past when I say this, rap. Um, he failed there in the past um, because he wasn't. He was trying to mimic instead of trying to take it and 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 making it Prince. I think that's what he did. I feel that's what he did with Artificial Cage. He took a dance uh, sound, a present day dance sound, and made it into a Prince present day dance sound, and that's good. It doesn't have to sound old, but it's got to sound Prince, and I think it does. I think he took a dance beat and he made a Prince dance beat and song. So score for this one, because I think it's a good opener. And I think overall, it gives a good, a, a fairly good idea as to what you're going to get in, because it's not too wild. It shouldn't be. And I actually, I scored it pretty high. I scored this one a nine. It's pretty Ooh, good. Wow. Yeah. I like it too, man. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. Well, you could do a whole show on this, on this song. <laughs> Well, well, let's keep going. So the next track is Clouds. Now, I wanna pl- I'm actually going to play this as it starts because I like this song. And I love it, that it, how it follows after this. For some reason, I like it more now than I did before. But the only thing they could have done better, this is what I feel like when I sing this or when I hear the song in the car, this is what I, this is what I hear. Hold on. <laughs> I, I just hear I can hear Bootsy I, I, If he would have had Bootsy in his life. <laughs> listen, 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 Mike Can you can you can you record that for me? Because thank you. I need to put that on the track. I, I can't I can't ever hear that track again without that. I'm telling you, man. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, I just hear like in the beginning, like Prince, like Bootsy. What's up, baby? So, listen to the clouds, Bubba. (laughs) I easily see that. So, I love this song. And maybe it's because I'm bringing that to the table in my mind. But when I'm in the car, I'm grooving to it. Now, this is not a perfect song by any stretch of the imaginations, but it is a great song. I think he could have. It sort of slows down for me, sort of when he gets into the, the, the verse area. But when they kick back into the chorus, I'm digging it. And even like the girl starts to come in and starts to talk to him. I'm loving all that. And the more I listen to it, I'm kind of getting this little little sort of concept thing that he's trying to put through it. And again, I love his voice. You know, when he gets to the, this is the power of love and this is the power to love you up. I mean, I'm singing that all day now. So I had to give Prince some props on this. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm feeling this is R&B, a little bit of funk in there. Like I said, I like the bass. I, I'm digging it. Um, quickly, I'm going to go to. Uh, I'm going go to go to Jahan. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what? I I, I dig the track, man. I dig it. Um, I'd I'd probably like it more if it wasn't Prince, mm. which is which pro- that that just probably shows you the prejudice from which I from which I speak in relation to his modern music. Um, it's. Any other artist, I'd say, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a great contemporary track. It's a it's a good one. It's you know I can't I can't hate on it. I, I like the guitar and the bass. Um, the the uh, the kind of rhythm section of the track is uh, what really it gets a groove. You know, it's got it's got what I felt Artificial Cage absolutely does not have, which is that groove. And it just like it bumps, and you can play in the car, you can play wherever, 
you're going to nod your head. And yeah, you know what? Like you said about the um, the vocal change right at the end and the sort of chant at the end. Yeah, it's uh, I like it. I don't. Um, I do not. I do not dislike this track. I, I, I dig it. All right, uh, big sexy. You know. The line, you should never underestimate the kiss on the neck when she doesn't expect. I'm like, there we go. That's what's happening. That's the classic, you know, sexy, understated vibe. And I'm not one for the big hand claps as as percussion. But this time it works. It's, it's an easy, you know, laid back groove. Um, again, I've, I've been on record more than once saying that I'm not a big fan of when Prince raps or uses rap elements in his stuff, but it fits here. And I like the woman here who sings a little, little couple lines as like an offset. You know, this, this, this one, is, this one's a keeper. You know, this, this is a banger. I like this one. All right. Uh, big sexy. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> big Ken. Yes. <laughs> big Ken. Yeah. I, I agree with, with everybody, what they said so far. I love this song. I mean, I, it's a nice groove, laid back, sultry funk, you know, kind of more in tune with what we've come to expect from or what we're familiar with, I should say, uh, from Prince, uh, Prince tracks. But the only question that I have is, is and again, this kind of ties into what Arthur was saying earlier. I'm hoping that when the CD and the vinyl comes out, I'm hoping that they have the full lyrics for every song inside. I, I know it's probably unlikely, but I'm hoping that's the case. Because I want to be able to try to analyze what he's saying. Because, see, the issue that I have with this song is not really an issue. It's a nitpick. Is that the lyrics are all over the place. Now, I don't understand how the chorus, as dope as it is, you know, never underestimate the kiss on the neck, blah, 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 blah. What does that have to do with the rest of the song where he's talking about in this brand new age, we do everything quick, fast, in a hurry. And then he goes later, you know, we'll get to something higher that we don't require clouds. Okay, cool. But then he brings in the concept again, the whole futuristic. You've been in suspended animation for 45 years. Maybe we're better off in space. You're now in a place that doesn't require time. So I know there's there's probably an overall grand meaning to this, you know, in the context of the rest of the songs. But, you know, at first glance, I really don't I don't see how the how the chorus is related to the rest of the song. But maybe I'm just dense. But regardless of that, lyrical ambiguity aside, this is still a great song. I, I love it, and it's a, it's a very catchy tune. And I'm with you, Mike. It's, it's in my head all you know all the time, you know. So I, I like it a lot. All right, author. Yeah, I like I like it too. Uh, um, but no, brother, I, I don't I don't think you're dense. Uh, I think the um, I really think that this should have been the album opener. And yeah, same here. The, um, same here. And the woman, uh, Leanne La Havas. Um, her her spoken word is really misused on this song. I think that she should actually have been, uh, you know, sang a verse or sang background or you know contributed in in that kind of vocal way. And Leanne Leanne Le Havis is the young lady who um, Prince held a press conference in her living room oh, yeah. to announce his UK dates. So that's where Leanne kind of kind of works into it. It's a really really good look for her because she's a she's a brilliant artist in her own right. Um, but I do think that the structure of the song should have been more akin to what Prince did with Janelle Monet on giving you what you love, where there's a there's there's a you know there's an equal partnership in uh, in in um, the you know the vocal presence of the song, um, and you know I mean overall you know Artificial Age you know for me is an R and B album you know wrapped up in a you know as a concept album masquerading as a concept album when it doesn't need to be and. Um, 
the the idea of him, you know, being in suspended animation for 45 years. Okay, 45 years in the future, you know what I'm saying? Or is that where we are in 2069 or wherever? Or are we 45 years in the past, you know? Um, it just there's there there's that kind of disconnect that that happens with me as a listener, but I think is is needed in Prince trying to you know construct this concept album, this concept of us living in an artificial age, but actually not telling us what that age is, you know. But great song, I love it. All right, uh, day drop. Yeah, this is a you guys have mentioned already. It's a group and tune, funk guitar that that works really good. Uh, lyrically, I, I kind of liken it to uh, the teachings that we got in uh, One Kiss at a Time. Um, the lyrics are sexy again, not dirty. Uh, with an interesting middle breakdown by the female lead that was mentioned already, who, by the way, has a very sexy voice. I think it's a great second track. It's a good follow-up to the first in the way it, in the way it works. The way it's structured here, to me, works out okay. Uh, it continues that dance-slash-mellow uh, vibe. Lyrically, lyrically, guys, it, it, this is go-to-school time in terms of sexy seduction. And, you know, Prince is teaching folks, so we need to take note. Score-wise, uh, another good one. Another nine. It's great. All right. Uh, moving right along to the next track is Breakdown. And we're going to go to Big Ken. Yeah. You know, when this uh, song first leaked, uh, I shouldn't say leaked, when he first or- originally released it, I thought it was cool. You know, I liked it. You know, I, you know, I thought it was nice. But just hearing it in the context of this album, in the flow, like where it sits in the in relation to the other songs, how Clouds just basically runs right into it. It's I, I've come to really, really love this song. It's a great song of reflection on the past, time wasted, love lost, you know, bad decisions, realizing that things that he thought was important before are not not really so important anymore. Um, it's heartfelt. I think is very convincing in his delivery, especially at the end. Uh, and the bass line, the bass thumping that he's doing during the choruses is, is is phenomenal. I mean, the the combination of the thumping bass in the chorus and, uh, and the bass drum accent on the one in the chorus, it just drives home the heaviness to me of what he's reflecting on in the song and the personal nature of it. I, I love it. It's, this is a great song to me. All right. Uh, big Sexy. You know, Ken used the perfect word here, reflection. You know, now before I get into this, we're all men of the world here. You know, we've all been with various ladies before, you know, we get in our current situations. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the way we anticipate it to work out. And just that, that repeat of, you know, keep breaking me down, down, down. I have been there and it makes me feel reflective. I like this song. This is... This is something I'm going to get a lot of rotation along with uh, White Caps off of Plexum Electrum. I really, really enjoyed this one. All right, Jerhan. Yeah, man. I mean, I have to echo uh, what uh, Big Ken said. I think it's um, it's a good song, and there's something about it that's got this gravitas or depth. There's something about the lyrics that that I did um, that did resonate with me, and particularly, you know, it's it's for for a million for a multimillionaire like Prince. It's kind of I would have thought it would have been hard for me to digest him saying, oh, you know, I used to I used to like material things, but now I'm just focused on this. But something about his delivery, something about the tone of the track, I really bought it. You know, I really I really took on everything that he was saying and it, it kind of um, I took it with weight. You know, it kind of resonated with me. Um, the track itself, 
I like it. It's it's good. I, I, I particularly like the kind of um, there's like these sort of two note. Um, I think it's strings, two note sort of string sort of feel towards the end when he's doing that uh, that sort of bass groove, and that gave it a real kind of pathos to me as well. It it reminds me of the kind of track Mint Condition would have done. Huh. Um, it, it, one of their sort of one of their ballads, and when I say that, not to inject some negativity to the Prince song, but Mint would have. Mint would have broken down the breakdown. So they would have had the track and then there would have been literally a musical breakdown at one point where, you know, the track would have stopped. They would have had like some kind of stab and then everything would have cooled down and it would have given a moment for the musicians to shine. And given that Prince is a one man mint condition uh, or a one man any band for that matter, I think that it would be so great to get an extended version of the breakdown where we literally have a musical breakdown on that track and he just he just gets to stretch out in that way that we all know he can like like for example we were saying in the um in the other segment on adonis and bathsheba okay all right um uh, day dropping <clears throat> yeah um real quick this is prince 101 for for folks that are listening on this whenever a song is sparse you must listen to the lyrics because it's almost intentional. Sparse Prince songs almost always work because they force you to listen to the lyrics and, and reflect on them. Uh, this is true here. Musically, there isn't very much going on, but there's, it doesn't need to be because on the lyrical end, that's where everything lies. These are sad lyrics for sure. They're not mushy. They're honest. It's beautifully, beautifully sung with a great mixture of different voices. I mean, even the, the, his screeching voice at the end works because it's anguish and the song is sadness and anguish so it works very well like that uh not unlike uh, a great classic track like the beautiful ones um this is a powerful song for the recently broken heart and i'm glad that big sexy mentioned that that it is a very reflective song at some point or another although i'm almost 11 years into a happy marriage i could go back like 15 years ago and if i heard this song then it would be a constant rotation Due to heartbreak and this and that, and and it, it's a song that everyone can, will will relate to at some point um, in their life. Uh, originally, uh, I mean, this song could have easily been a nine. However, I really have issue with that laser sounds that come out. I think they serve no purpose. Somewhere on the org, somebody made a thread talking about how they understand the laser sounds in it now and why they're there. I didn't even bother to read it because to me, it's. <laughs> they don't. They don't matter. Um, they're silly, and and it, it's it's unnecessary. So because of that, otherwise it's a great song. It gets dropped down to an eight. <laughs> Addressing the laser sounds in my mind, when I listen to this, I can only so I imagine that the music video is actually taken from some maybe the Star Wars Episode Seven, and like there's a part where they're shooting, and, and, and that's like it would make it will make sense later, but. <laughs> just throw it in. I, I like this song for some reason you know I, I think there was an article or interview where Prince mentioned this bef- song before it came out and it made me think that this song was gonna be the shit like oh, oh this is gonna be uh, you know the, the next thing or something and I remember when it came out originally I was just like yeah it's alright you know it's not bad but <laughs> I, was, I was the same way it's cool so I still feel like it's cool to me uh I don't like the part when he starts. 
I don't know. It just doesn't have the same feel as he used. The hell was he, that? I know exactly. He's just so <laughs> up into the mic or something, and I don't. Maybe I'm used to hearing it layered or just. And he's in full keep sweat mode, man. Yeah, I just I don't know that part. <laughs> do I don't think- really care for. But the song is cool. I wish there would have been more iconicness about it. It just seems like another sort of song that I could have saw on some of the other albums. And I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm just saying I think it's cool. But go ahead, John. Do, do, do you think it's, um, in terms of the vocal performance, it, it, is your view that it's maybe a little contrived or it's like Prince trying to do Prince? <laughs> uh, I won't say that. I actually think it's an honest performance. I, I would give him that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get into what I think the differences are, but I would just say I love okay. the, the song yeah. is cool. The next song I can really so, go into. It sounds to me like this song's gonna be a grower on you, Mike. Yeah, and it will be. And I, and I listen to it, I don't skip it. It's yeah. just, it, and plus, I find it, I don't know if I would have placed it so early in the album like this either. That's just a nitpick for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with yeah, that. I can it, go with that. It just seems to stop the flow of you know, these two up tempo joints. Uh, well, one you could say was a joint, but I don't know. Um, any last words on this song before we move on? Okay. Next track is the gold standard. And let me just, this is how I look at this song. Now, this song harkens back to the Prince that we all know and love, you know, that Minneapolis kind of sound or whatever. But, but, and I'm going to say this because I know a lot of people are feeling this and I feel this track too. Don't get me wrong. But here's how I look at it. And I'm going to use Michael Jackson as an example. <laughs> okay. Bear with me. You remember when Michael Jackson had that concert uh, the day before or just days before 9-11? The thing that was on, it was on TV, you know, and Britney Spears was there. And I don't know yeah. what he called it. It was the big sort of Michael Jackson concert thing. And when Mike came out, I hadn't seen Mike perform live in years. I don't know if he just hadn't done stuff. But when he was doing his moves, it was like, that was the first time I was like, that's still Michael Jackson now. But the, you know, the pop wasn't as, you know, it was like, you know what I mean? He wasn't, he wasn't as ill as he used to be. Like, and he's older, right? I got to give it to him, but I had to realize, okay, he can still do it, but it's not, you know, it's not Motown 25 or, you know, the shit that I'm thinking about, the, the videos from Dangerous or something. But it's the new Mike. He's a little older. He can't just, so when I hear this gold standard, Yes, uh, the sounds are there, the guitar, you know, the synths, and it's dope. But my own personal thing is like, if you're going to sort of, let's go back in time a little bit, and I'm going to give you that thing, it's dope. But I had to tell myself, you know what, this is not, you know, and I would even say Jamie Starr maybe jumps in on this song a little bit, but it's the old Jamie Starr of 2014. He's not, you know. Not in the studio with Morris and them. Like, here, listen to the walk. I want y'all to sing on this. This is some shit. You know, it's just the music. You know, the musicianship has changed a little bit. But you know, it's, I can still do this style. But it is not as authentic as I really, really, really want it to be. But it's for 2004 authentic, and that's enough. I, like I said, I'm over it. I, I can accept that. So I love this song. Uh, again, brings me back to a time. But I just the the, um, the hardcore prince in me would say, man, if you going if you gonna do it, you either gonna do it all the way. I yeah, you may don't have to do it possibly. But that's just my take. 
Hey, uh, Mike, let me jump in with ahead. you on this one. Because I kind of I kind of agree with what you're saying. I, I, I Let me be clear. I, I love the song, too, especially the second half of it. But you're right. When I first heard it, I think, OK, you could tell that this is a throwback to, you know, early. I would even say this is kind of like, you know, throwback to kind of like black era, black album era stuff, you know, 80, 87, 88. You know, maybe that's the target. What are you trying to recreate? Maybe. And you can even tell that a little to a degree because he got that a little snippet of the whole, you know, Bob George voice toward toward the end. Right. Which is cool. But I think it might it might have resonated a little bit better or it would have been easier for us to accept really quickly. Like maybe if he used the proper sounds, like maybe if he used the Lindrum or something. I mean, you if you're going to go back, if you're going to really go back and and do that sound, then you got to use all the at least in my opinion, you got to use all the tools that made that sound the sound. But I, I agree with you. It's a great song, but it's, it's got a, it got a lot of hype on the org. And so when, when I got my copy, I'm like, man, I want to hear what this, you know, because everybody was hyping this up, you know. And I'm like, OK, it's cool. You know, I like it. But I'm like, am I missing something? You know, but it's grown on me since then, though. You know what it's missing? I'm just kind of listening to it as you're talking. It's not sloppy. Yeah, say it yeah, that's it. No it's slop. too clean. Yeah, you're right. It's too clean. It's too clean. <laughs> it's just, but it's, it's funky. Yeah, it's like it's just programmed, but it ain't this. Right. It don't it's, speed up a little bit. It doesn't slow down it's, it's a little funky. bit. It's funky, but it's it's too clean. He, you know, he used too much 409 on it. That's all. Yeah, there's, I, I wonder if he's actually <laughs> playing this song, like playing the parts, or is it me playing the, the guitar, but some of it's programmed, some of the sequence. Is there sequencing going on in the song? Because it just doesn't have that one man jam feel to it where you would marvel at man this guy's playing all the parts but he's playing it in the pocket with himself there's nothing yeah, in the it, pocket about this it don't it don't have that chlorine bacon skin vibe no, no, hell no <laughs> no <laughs> this is turkey bacon my brother yeah yeah there you go <laughs> um, uh, i like that <laughs> uh, uh author what do you think about it? oh okay um here, here's here's where the album runs off the rails mm. for me. The uh, the black album, I don't hear it. But first, let, let me say this: I hate his party songs, and this is like life of the party. It's like his party songs, DMSR and Housequake killed it for me. For any party song that Ed Prince has ever done, that came you know thereafter. Um, Let's all let's all take a step back and realize that Prince put crazy, amazing upper echelon groove in a lyric, in a chorus. And then he raps in uh, the Rainbow Children computerized voice. And then he says in the same voice, new power slide. This is like the Tom Joyner cruise <laughs> summer jam song. Wow. Someone Damn. tell me that I'm wrong. This is the song where co-producer, and let's not forget, co-producer Josh Weldon may have said, oh, this is hot. <laughs> this may be that song. There's nothing. Oh, I can't. I, I can't. I'm, I can't. Damn. It's like, help. See, there's some tissue over there. He's having a, he's having a breakdown. <laughs> uh, well, uh, John, Jahan, can you help your your, your fellow podcaster? Uh, I feel like anything um anything I say is sort of liable to to 
to worsen the situation, actually. Um, I mean, I can't agree what you said, Mike, but just maybe multiply by 10. Um, it, it, okay, I, it, it's one of those things where I wonder if I speak English because from what I read online, all the descriptions, I don't hear any of that in the track. And, you know, you, you guys have reviewed the song and you've, you've described all the different parts, etc. To me, the, the, the Golden Age Prince, um, again with that term, but that, that sort of classic period Prince, and the only reason I compare this to classic period, I know it's almost a fool's errand a lot of the time nowadays, but the only reason I compare this to classic period is because this track was almost self-hyped as being you know, this is this gives you the vibe. This is this is the formula for whatever he exercised in the classic period. I think at his best, he's greater than the sum of his parts. So yeah, you know, he's using the sort of synths and he's got the funk guitar, etc. But those are you know th- those are great ingredients to use, and I, I love them when they've been used to great effect. But you need more than just that. And again, I come back to the word groove and, you know, Clouds has it. I think, I think Breakdown, even for a slow jam, it has, it has, the, it has a groove too. Um, this just doesn't have it to me. And, and like you said, it's not in the pocket. It's, it's, it's too clean. It's not, it hasn't got, that, hasn't got that bump to it. It hasn't got that looseness to it. Um, I think that's where it suffers massively. I agree with everything Arthur said on the, you know, the construction. I found it quite bizarre of the song, the way that everything is put together. But it just, um, I'm just sort of left non-plused by it, basically. I just sort of sit there. I don't really understand the track. I don't know what its point is. And uh, it has no funk to me at all. It's, um, it's like the most watered down, polished, sheened um, sort of party track. And, you know, to, to, to quote Larry Blackman, uh, funk is very zen. Funk is for people who don't take showers. And this this... This song is extremely, you know, it's had a nice shower. It's been gelled nicely. It's got its talcum powder on. It's got its baby powder on. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's really, really clean and, and not sweaty at all. Not sweaty. That's a fair assessment there. Uh, day dropping. Okay. All right. <laughs> we got we to gotta ask everybody here and everybody who's listening to this to take when you get the CD, look in probably in the back, in the lower right-hand corner, and see what copyright year is on that CD. Because I'm almost certain it's going to say 2014, and it's not going to say 1983, 1984, <laughs> 1985. Look, I can't help but think that this is the type of conversations that were going on back in 86 when folks were saying, ah, Prince ain't sounding black no more. And then we wound, I, he I wound disagree. up doing, and he wound up doing, hold on, he wound up doing the Black Album, right, to prove it. And then we can argue that the black album still didn't sound very much like like stuff that he was doing back in 1999 back in controversy back in you know all those those, those what, what are considered the classic albums he's this is this is instilled in him this is still instilled in him to do this type of music and that's what you're going to get sometimes so for me my review on this is is like this this is the funk guitar and Musically, and you got some synth going on in there, and it's funky in its simplicity. And the horns are happening in here. At the 430 market, you got some good horns going on. I think it's filthy dirty. I think the lyrics, yeah, it's party lyrics. I think this is the 
modern day version of Prince doing some kind of DMSR. Um, and it's a fair assessment that, that it's a modern day party type of song in the vein of DMSR. Is it DMSR all over again? No. It can't be because that's the past. But the chorus is catchy. And here he is doing, doing that funky, uh, you know, funky voice at the end, rude boy funky voice at the end. Uh, my other notation on this, I think it, 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 this demands to be played live, most certainly. Because that funky guitar drives the best. I mean, only Prince can do that kind of guitar correctly. Maybe the exception of Wendy. Um, I think this is going to wind up being a staple at some point. Um, and it's five minutes plus. I think uh, had this been, uh, if we're still in the era of, of a lot of 12-inch releases, this would need to be one of them. Um, and for people that are listening to this, it's okay to make a funk face when you're listening to this. <laughs> and you know, permission. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. You know, because you know, don't don't be afraid to do that, and don't don't let. Don't let it. Uh, don't let the past straighten out your face. Don't it's let okay Arthur do scare you. Don't let Arthur scare you. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was about to say that. <laughs> you know, originally, originally, now, now, okay. Here's here's the nail in the coffin. Originally, this was a nine, but I had to slap myself and be true, and I gave this one a ten. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Wow! What? Wow! <laughs> Arthur, he said oh. he afraid of Yo, you. What you going to do now? Arthur. The bomb. You, you know, you know, there's no eleven, right? <laughs> wow, wow wow okay cool, cool. all right uh big sexy take us home on this well it was very simply a lot of people have referenced the black album with this and when i heard it the first time i immediately thought of cindy c so people have also said it is that that type of music but cleaned up now we have very, very, varying, varying viewpoints on this. You know, one thinks it's too clean. One thinks you should make the funk face and, and enjoy it. You know, I'm just going to be the mediator. It's, it's right in the middle for me. It's good, <clears throat> not great. Uh, I'm sure it could be turned out a lot more in concert. But the problem with that is, if he does take this album and and Plectrum Electron tour, you, you run into the same problem that a person with 34 albums has. How much material can you play? And make the majority of people happy. So I don't. I don't know if we will get this one in a in a concert setting. If we do, great. If we don't, you know, honestly, I'm okay with it because there are other things on the album that stand out to me better. But this is good. But I don't think it's up there with uh, DMSR and things of that nature. No. But I don't think it's as uh, you know clean and spick and span and as and antiseptic as. You know, Arthur sound makes it sound to be. I think it's something fun, but you know, nothing, uh, nothing earth shattering by any stretch. You know, I, I think it, it's funk in a box. You know, it's like here's a square box, and he's going to be funky in that box. But I think those other songs were funky, and they were just cricket and all types of little. You know, they couldn't fit in a box. It was like uncontainable. It was sloppy. It just. With a lot of good funk, like you said, it, it you can't conform it into something. And I just kind of feel like it has sort of a very programmed, conformed feel to it. And I like this song, but, but I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie either. The the hardcore Prince guy, I mean, histor- historically, I have to throw a little 
you know, loving shade and say, you know, I can only hope when it does get played live that it gets, you know, the proper feel to it. Like maybe let some of the roots or sign. I don't know. I'm just thinking anybody who could really maybe throw some slop on it at this point in the game to to bring it out live. But <sighs> it's a, it's a, it's a polarizing, polarizing song. You can go either way, I guess. It's a good song. I just think it got overblown in hype because let's let's, let's be real. As as most Prince fans, we're starving for that old style of, of Prince that we all know and love. You know what I'm saying? We want we want stuff from the vintage time. So everybody, I think people were probably drawing conclusions to comparisons. I should say to this, you know, and there are some comparisons, but yeah, it's a good song. But it's not. It's definitely not, you know, black album worthy. You know what I mean? As everybody was trying to hype up. So. All right. The next one is You Know. And I gotta, I'm got going to be here honest with you. I fucks with this song heavy now. I, I don't know why, but after hearing the gold standard and then it goes, it just immediately goes right into it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like, this is the 2014. It's made for the children, but I like it. Like, I think this is... One of the better songs on this record to me, like I continue to keep saying, you know how much I want. That's that little Prince put, he put that Prince in, in some that's for today. I'm like, you know what? That actually works. This to me is like what I would imagine if he's going to do today, he made it it's, it's sexy. And it's got the little, you know, the style and the rhythm and, and the, but then, you know, he's, I can see him in the club and all that. You know, hey, at least it, this sounds like it's a, a legitimate effort to sort of say, hey, youngins, I'm, you know, I'm that old dude in the club. Where them young girls at? You know, and he's hollering at them. At least it sounds like his rap was proper. Like, like if he was the old guy in the club, instead of him being Jerome Rome from uh, Martin, where he had the MCM shorts and all that at least he had the you know better clothing and he looked proper like oh that's a distinguished old dude that got a lot of game he can spit to these young girls i was about to say something excuse me spit to these young girls and pull one i i, I fuck with this song I, I like this surprisingly i really like it and i had some problems because i know it's sampled something else and blah 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 but you know what prince has always sampled something else I, that's me uh we're gonna flip it up a little bit Ernie, uh, day dropping, you're up. Oh, day dropping. You haven't dropped off yet. Okay, okay, here I am. <laughs> you hear me all right? Yes. Okay. So first of all, you, you mentioned this already, Mike, uh, that it is a, it's a great segue. Um, up there, not quite, but up there with uh, from Dear Michelangelo to A Love Bazaar, where it just goes right in. And that, that works. I think in following up the previous track, it helps it um, by itself. It's good, but, but it's better sequenced the way it is. Uh, musically, well, yeah, you know, you got the sample, and it's acknowledged. The sample is acknowledged. It's, it's not a big secret or anything like that, and it works. The sample works. When I don't mind sampling when it works, and in this case, I think it does. It's, uh, spoken, the spoken word rap works. And I never thought I'd say that about a Prince track where he's rapping primarily, but it, for me it works. The chorus, you mentioned that, that's some filthy and funky shit going on right there with that chorus. There's just no denying that. Um, another notation is to ladies, look out. It's not a ballad. It's not dirty. 
Now, this one is filthy. And for the first time in a Prince rap, they be dropping. And, I, you know, I had to slap the other side of my face with some more truth when I initially gave this one a nine. Because, no, this one, this one's another ten. Uh-oh. Damn. It's, it's wild. That, this one's some good stuff. This is the, 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 the repeat track. Because okay. right. this, this is some stuff, man. All right. Uh, author. Um, I really, I really do like this song, and um, it kind of illustrates um, a fundamental problem that I that that I that I have with the album, because you know, because overall, I think that this is an album that's gonna that's gonna sell well for him, and um, I think it's gonna do 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 really well for for Warner Bros. And I'm happy about that. Um, but you know, not you know, but you know the song. <laughs> um, I really really like the music. You know, but I, but I, but I don't like the vocal, and I think that's been a big problem that I've had with 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 several of the songs on the album. Um, I think it's this sad irony that uh, that Prince Green lighted the uh, the auto tune on his vocal, because you know it's a man that's built his career on creating vo- voices, you know, all of his own, um, albeit a little misused uh, on this album. Uh, per my previous example with um, with the the gold standard song, you know, but um, it's it, it harkens back to the the prince that I love, and you know, and not to marginalize myself by thinking that I'm you know I'm just this '80s guy who who just can't break out of you know 1988. I mean, I really can. I, I I've had to in some cases by force, but what I what I really miss and what I really enjoy are traces of the mad scientist lab coat prince, who's you know in a lab comes out. And you know, and has something that's 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 different. That's that that has an air, a tinge of adventure to it. And um, but the 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 modern you know auto tune, which which I think has been long played out since 808s and heartbeats, and the kind of you know bobby head like the, you know it's just I don't I just don't think that fits Prince and. His stature, and that—that's that's probably my biggest biggest qualm. It's like it's like, man, you know, you just you, maybe you're just too wound up in this bubble of the world of the world that you created. Um, but the irony is that I think Prince has has such a pulse on what people are listening to, and the music industry as a whole, that it it really counters that feeling that he just that he fully lives inside a bubble. You know, but um, for for the song, I didn't like it at first when it um, when it uh, not leaked. But I saw I saw I think OK Player ran a ran a SoundCloud embed uh, advertising it, you know, and when the auto tune came on, I, you know, I immediately cut it off. But listening to it in the album contest context, I think it works a lot better in the album context. It made me listen to it. And it, it you know, it is a new favorite of mine. For the, for the for the songs on uh, artificial for artificial age, uh, big sexy. You know, when this song starts and you have the put your hands together, uh-huh, uh-huh. right there, I'm I'm in <laughs> because when you get your sexy on, <laughs> I know. What's she I putting know. her hands around? That's what I want to know. Hey, you know, she put her hands around something. <laughs> you know, and it just takes me back to uh, a time you know with a lady friend. 
I'm like, you know, and I'm trying to get my best. Um, this rem- this reminds me of the system, and don't disturb this groove because because I think it's Mick Murphy. He says the same thing. He's all, can you feel it? She's all, uh huh. I'm like, yeah. And I said that to many women back in the day. <clears throat> and so when he does this, does that, and goes into it, and you have the little sparse piano. That's all I'm thinking about. All I'm thinking about is that one that loop of. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're getting together now. Now it's now it's about to go down. You're killing me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's that's immediately where it takes me, and this is a, this is the one for me. This is this is a keeper. This is a keeper. That's truth. That's truth. Right All right. Ooh, boy, you're uh, funny. Bacon, go ahead. Oh shit. Okay, I, I'm with you guys. I, I agree with it. I got into this track immediately when I first heard it. It's very contemporary. But yet it's still Prince. Um, like Arthur, I initially didn't know what to think of his lyric delivery. I was kind of taken aback by it because it's kind of kind of auto tune rap, but it's actually not rap, if if you, if that makes sense. But for whatever reason, it works for me, and it works in the context of this song. I think the song is hot, man, and I think if if it gets promoted and gets some 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 airplay or video or something behind it, this could be a, a, a big hit for him with today's audience, man. But you know. I don't, you know, who knows if that's ever going to happen. But regardless, I think it's a great song. I love it. All right, Jahan. Um, I, well, firstly, one question. Is sample really the right word for this song? Is it, is it a sample or is it, is it more sort of like an instrumental that he's kind of singing over? I mean, it, it seems like it's borrowed very, very heavily. From uh, from old girl song, and I don't mind that. Like you know, I love. Um, if you listen to the music snobs, you know I love hip hop and sample based hip hop is it's a beautiful thing. M- my position more is, um, you know, he's taken such a aggressive stance against sampling, um, e- even where it's been done on YouTube, where someone's simply using his music in the background. Um, as as a sort of as a convenience thing or as a consequential thing, he's taking such an aggressive stance against it um, that it, it's it's hard for me to say, oh, but it's cool when he does it. Hmm. Um, I, I will say though, he, he you know I saw an interview with the young lady. I think it's Mila J. Is her name? Yeah, I, I did too. I and did she too. said that you know she signed off on it. You know she's a big fan, I guess. So yeah, I mean, why wouldn't she? Right, she's going to do well out of it. I, and I think she was in the Diamonds and Pearls video, just randomly odd, but that's kind of what like at two years old or something. Yes, wow, which is randomly wow. creepy, but that's another <laughs> that part is. Yeah. Um, okay. Le- le- legals aside, onto the song. I dig the song. I like it. Um, I don't know if I can give him credit for that or give her credit for that. I like what he does on it. I like what he does with it. Um, I dig it. I dig it. It's got a nice groove to it. Um, you know, I like, you know, old girl's voice on it is, um, you know, it's cute, sexy. Um, yeah. So I, I got, I got nothing bad to say about the song itself. It's, it's got that nice kind of vibe. If it, if it wasn't Prince, I'd be like, yeah, it's a banger. Um, it's him. So I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good tune. It's a good track. Big sexy, do the uh-huh again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you got it down. <laughs> you got, I mean, you nailed it, bro. Uh, and I'm sorry, Day Dropping, you already spoke on this one, right? I believe we did, yes. Okay, so we are good. Everyone's good on this one. Yes. All right, let's keep it moving. 
Uh, we're kind of fighting the clock a little bit. Next is Breakfast Can Wait. And this is a song that we all know because it came out uh, earlier this year, I believe. There's even a video for it. Uh, so quickly, let's just do this one. Uh, I, I dig this track. You know, I dig it when it first came out. I think it works on this album. I wish he would have changed it up a little bit. Maybe he added, extended it a little bit or something different than what we already known. But I do like this song. Um, I love that. I just wish he kind of pushed it a little bit more. And I, I can hear like that's some funky stuff. And I just wish he would have just kept it. I don't know. Kept it thorough, as I like to say. But, you know, that's me. Uh, real quickly, Big Ken. Uh, Big Ken. Maybe you stepped away. John. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Somebody called me at the same time. My bad. Uh, I love the song. I, I like it a lot. Uh, I think it's real cool to hear the Camille style vocals again toward the end, although it's not exactly the same Camille vocals, but close enough. And I'll just say that, you know, the subject matter, th- this is one of the more sexy, suggestive Prince songs that he's put out in the post-religion Prince era. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, you you know exactly what he's talking about. I mean, he's being real coy about it, but it's still suggestive. Um, but I, I like the song, man. You know, chicks love the song too, man. So it's, it's pretty cool. I think it serves its purpose. Uh, Arthur? Yeah, I, I've got no issues with the song. I mean, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's um, I think it's um, you know classic modern Prince. Um, funk informs everything that he does, and you can you can you can hear the core uh, mastery of his funk um, and the wisdom of his funk. You know, it, it, Miles Davis in later years didn't play that much horn, but every note that he did play, it was just fully informed by Miles Davis and and Prince. The song is you know kind of the same way. So good song. All right, uh, day dropping. Yeah, the the theme of the album is clear by this point. Uh, it's mellow funk, and that's here in Overflow. Uh, there's sexiness in these lyrics. Um, I mean, these these are the words that are going to make a girl forget deadlines at work. I mean, your girl's going to be thinking about that five o'clock quitting time with this song. You know, it's 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 a rough follow up to to you know, but but it's cool. Uh, the high pitch at the end, I think it should have been a normal pitch because i think it would have gone better had he sung it just normal voice or just just almost spoken but that that's just a nitpick because of that though the the track um it gets an eight it's a solid song big sexy insect you know again it was a nice follow-up to you know had that whole sexy vibe and i'm gonna go into court one day in a jury trial and i'll have a bunch of women on the jury and i'm gonna look at one of them and say can you feel it baby and she's gonna say it <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> we win. We win. That never gets old. That never gets old. Just so you know. Let me be second chair on that day. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Uh, the song, again, to me, I don't want to say it's dated because we've heard it all before. So to me, it's not new. And, and the video is cool. And, and the whole Dave Ch- Ch- Chappelle vibe. I mean, the song is fun. It, it's, it's a good follow up to you know, but. You know, like like Mike said, you know, let's get in and get out. Let's get to the newer stuff and and talk about it. This is good, but let's just, you know, go to the things that that are around it and talk about those more uh, in depth. All right, Arthur. Um, this could be us. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? We didn't go to Jahan on the on the last one. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought we were still on breakfast. Can wait, right? I, we are, and I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. My bad, uh, Jahan. Okay. Um, r- real quick question before I give my answer. 
would you guys like this uh, more if you hadn't heard it before the album dropped? Yes. No. Yes. Uh, yep. No, it would been the same. Okay. All right. Well, for me, Prince, bro, you're my hero, and I hope you're still listening and haven't dispatched a kill squad to my door based on what I've said already. I think that this is probably the greatest song you've done since, since Love Sexy. I think this is an amazing song. I got no complaints. I love it from the moment it starts to the end. I don't care that it's not the Lindrum. I don't care that you ain't using um, high octave notes on the guitar. I love the whole thing. I don't mind that it's not the Camille voice at the end because you know what? It's not the tool. It's the feeling. And that's what, I've, that's what I sort of keep... That's what I think my, my sort of center is when it comes to him and his music. It's the feeling that he puts into it or put into it or that, that I gauge that he used to put into it. And I feel that here. And the way that he sings the outro stuff with the, you know, the, the sort of Camille-esque voice, it's, he does it in that gospel style that he has trademarked. You know, it's kind of like... It's informed, like Prince to me is a gospel artist, period. And particularly the way he sings. I can see and that. It's, it's like only he can do that. You know, Mahalia Jackson, it's crazy to say, can't do it. Kim Burrell can't do it. But he takes the way he sings in that slightly gospel style and he nails it in this with the Camille-esque voice here. This is everything I ever wanted in a Prince track. But I can't, I can't love this song enough. Dope. It, it, that's just so odd because I don't. I've never heard of him playing at the church before. But he, I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> he does have that very gospel vocal styling, which is so odd that he does that. But. You can, I mean, Mike, you can picture him going into a church yeah. and just killing it, right? Like just hitting the organ, any instrument, <laughs> just going in and killing it. That song, I always joke, you know, around the house, with my girlfriend, like, because I, I perform a lot of these songs, right? I'm just a fool. <laughs> but when I, when Dark, you know, the song Dark from the Come album. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. I, that's Pastor Prince. Like if you, yeah, you can yeah, imagine yeah. him doing church doing this, it's hilarious. All right, the next song is um, "This Could Be Us." So we'll go back to author. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know it's cool. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it's cool. It's a skipper for me. Um, but what are the good qualities of it? I mean, he's got that that signature falsetto. He's still got the voice. You know, the solo at, toward the end is nice. You know. Um, even what, even the theme of, of the lyrical content, you know, he seems to be willing to lower his guard to welcome the new relationship. Um, but from a mature, you know, point of view. So these are familiar themes such as, um, um, and, uh, gosh, I always write these notes and then I can't find them, but they're, you know, they're familiar themes from, uh, when he's, when he's, welcoming the relationship but uh you know he feels he feels she feels shunned by the woman you know in this case uh it's from the different perspective it's from the mature perspective and you know i'm I, i'm willing but if you tripping then I, I i really don't have time to you know deal with you but um the kind of creepy aspect is that it songs like this always it always feels to me that even though he's matured and he's acknowledging that he's matured. He's still singing to the same twenty-something-year-old woman, <laughs> and that's just that's just creepy to me. That's interesting. Yeah. No. Uh, well, this could be us. I, for some reason, I really love this song. 
I think I love the chorus part. Dun, dun, dun. I it just stuck in my head. I've been singing it. Uh, corny or not, I love corny stuff. I, I love this. I love the rhythm of this song and just the feel of it. It. I could see this song easily on some of the previous <coughs> albums, you know, musically, what it sounds like, but I just like the song itself. Um, to me, it's just, I don't know, I'm really liking this song. I just love the chorus. I love his voice on this. You brought up the falsetto. I think it's perfect on this. Uh, I'm really feeling this one. Uh, Jahan? Yeah, I, I dig it. I mean, it's... Um it, it, it's funny that you said, Mike, it sounds like some of his previous albums. It, it's, um, it reminds me of Walk in the Sand a little bit or, or perhaps more so future soul song on, um, on, uh, on 2010. Yeah, which, which, by the way, I liked as an album. I like 2010 probably as much as I like Artificial Age. Um, but uh, it's, I like it. I, it. It's funny. What I said about the breakdown earlier that I wished it had a kind of musical breakdown this he he breaks down this could be us with his voice at the end like it he 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 lets it go into a completely different zone right at the end with his voice and he gives you you know that classic kind of bridge that 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 classic kind of crescendo with the backgrounds and that kind of call and response vibe that he got going between his lead vocal and his backgrounds um yeah i i I like that it's 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 nice all right uh day dropping um yeah, there, there's simplicity in the music, and and it's required because this is about the lyrics. Uh, lyrically, I love "You're the Cage to My Dove." I mean, that's nice, and the lyrics work. I mean, what what else is there to say? But listen closely to them. I'm kind of reminded of uh, "Forever in My Life," but with more of an emphasis on the total relationship, except instead of the point of view from the man that forever in my life kind of tends to uh, lean towards. But um, lyrically, it's, it's a great song. Uh, I say don't skip this track, even though it's got that funny close encounter beginning to it. I heard that too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't skip it on that. Uh, it, it gets better, a lot better. And, and it is a great track. The song is smart, and it requires proper listening to the lyrics. There are more Prince teachings going on here. I mean, we're talking about a 50-plus-year-old cat who's had his shares of ups and downs and continues to. I mean, you know, listen up, people. He knows the game, and it shows. And, and there's no young buck out there in, in the music industry who's going to be writing lyrics like this. They're going to be listening to these lyrics in about 10, 15 years as inspiration for what they're going to be writing at that point. That's a great and, point. That's and a great analysis. And you're and you're going to get that now. So I think that that's it's very it's very good. Uh, Score wise, I think this is a nine. It's beautiful. It's a nice song. Hmm. The, another question. We're going to shift gears here because of time. But I would sometimes question: Does Prince really have any game? Or is he, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if, if he didn't have the money, oh come and, on, and man. and the perm, you know, if he didn't have the money in in who he is, would he really be able to walk up and bag somebody? Yes. In today's world? Yes. Okay. And then they didn't know who he was? Yes. If he could write a song and sing, he got a shot. Uh, well, I'm saying take away the singing and all that. I'm no, saying no, no, I'm ta- if I'm he just walked into famous. the club, I'm not, period. I'm not talking about being famous. I'm talking about just if he was just an average Joe that, that has a guitar or, or got a harmonica. You, you can, you can you well, tell a woman, hey, I sure. made a song for you. They, they'll melt for that, man. Well, I know. I'm just saying you take away that. I'm saying like... 
if you, if you getting, take away take all take, that and he just walks take away club, all musical talent yeah he, and they don't know who he is and he's not you know he's like you he didn't have a chance to perform yet he just walks in and he's chilling because he as he looks in today's world I, I, the real t- challenge of the game is if he could walk in there and pull yes I, I would question I would question I think, go ahead I think he can I think he can because I, th- I think it depends which prince shows up, right? But if he shows, certainly, I think he could pretty much any prince, but if he shows up with sort of Jamie Starr kind of swagger, um, I don't doubt it. See, it's all in the attitude. And, you know, something Jahan said earlier, which I am going to steal, you know, <laughs> if, he wa- if any man, you know, be it a famous cat or just, you know, Joe Neckbone, you walk in and roll up on a woman, yeah, baby, it's not the tool, it's the feeling, boom. You're in. That's good. I'm just saying. <laughs> so if today's prince, the afro, makeup, and the cane walked in the club, you think he would... But see, he's 56 You know what? Himself. Well, no, I'm just what I'm saying. Club, right? That's a you true test what? of game. I'm just saying in today's world, you take away all that. <laughs> I don't age, know if he'd be able to pull aside, it off. Age aside, cane, afro, heels, the whole nine, makeup. it doesn't matter. If today he walked in, if he shows and exudes confidence... Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. He agreed. Can, it doesn't yes. matter. Some of the ugliest right. cats in the world can pull the, the, the dopest honeys because they are confident. Agreed. And women are attracted to strong, confident men. They don't want some sucker. That, can I? Uh, can we please? Uh, no, no. They want somebody that can walk the walk and talk the talk, and they will go with him. So, yeah, like, he's got a shot. Like Chris Rock said. Anything yep. you mumble ain't getting done. Ain't getting done, right? So if he comes up with, if he if he just comes up confident, if he comes up yes, confident, I like that. If he comes up confident, yeah, hey man, he can he can pull it. Let me back back Ken up on that because you know I, you know I'm a lawyer and I, when I first started practicing law, I make sure when I walk in the courtroom, everybody sees me. Everybody. I walk in with my you know. But you know now, pants, now let me just up? let me throw in the monkey wrench and we're gonna we gotta stop. <laughs> you walk in that court, confidence can be with a drip, drippy Jerry curl. No matter the drip, you still can pull because you got. That's what I'm saying. Like there's something. Obviously, he has a lot of visual cues that without the fame would full stop. A lot of people are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but I'm saying he would. People would just, "Wow, this dude's confident." Wait, 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 I, he got high girl. He got heels higher than you, what, nigga. What? Please. To, to, end it, to, to, to end it like this, look. The bottom line is, with confidence, he can pull. But a lot of that, yes, will depend on the women, because some women gonna go for superficial stuff. Well, the some ones women will not. again, he goes for the superficial. I'm not saying the superficial. He goes for generally younger women who don't have right, right. Know. But I, we are getting way off base. I want it. <laughs> hey, he's going to pull more than us. So oh, that, I'm no that. doubt. Right, right. There you go. I, I All of us combined. I okay. I want to do this. Author ha- has to leave very soon. I wanted to give him a proper chance to give us your overall thoughts on this album since you do have to leave pretty soon. I want to make sure you got a chance to do that. So go ahead, oh. sir. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and forgive me for having the hard stop. Um, again, overall, overall, I think that this is going to be uh, a good, a good seller for Prince. You know, it's the first. Uh, this is the first proper, and I use that term in in quotes, proper release that he's done in a number of years. Um, it's been uh, uh, widely reported about the reunion with uh, with 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 him and Warner Brothers. Um, he's going into traditional. 
music um, through music channels and traditional in the 2014 sense. But I mean, you know, there's no Target exclusive. There's no, you know, you got to get it in a newspaper that came out in London. You know, you got to get it in a newspaper that, you know what I'm saying? And this is this is um, a full on release, even more so than Musicology, which was bundled with the price of the concert ticket. Right. So I think this is going to do well for him. Um, I think this is going to do well with uh, a newer audience that uh, has come into familiarity with Prince over the last, uh, you know, five, six years. Um, and he's done this before, right? You know, I mean, I've met, I've met fans that are, are, are really started with Prince, um, you know, with the Diamonds and Pearls album. Mm-hmm. And they're just getting to know the catalog, you know, from the 80s. I've met fans that, you know, came on board with musicology, you know. Um, so, you know, a lot of that skews my... Uh, you know, my opinions where I just it's it seems like I've seen this over and over and over again. And I think that's just the nature of being a fan for as long as I've been, you know, and for Prince being the stature of artist that he's been to have survived, you know, all of this. Um, but let me just say the the closing track time is everything to me. Mm. If this was the album only track. You know, you go to iTunes and, you know, you can buy any other song a la carte except for the one song that's album only. I would no problem pay the full $10.88 or however much it is to pre-order this album just so that I could get time. This, to me, is modern Prince, today's Prince. Um, and I, I, I wish that the, the tone and the tenure of, the, of, of, of time informed the rest of the album. Um, cause I just think that, you know, there's some uneven parts. There's a disconnect between the, the lyrics that he's, that, that he's writing to try to come down to a newer fan base. That's the only thing I can assume, but he's got, you know, some musical embellishments that inform the audience that they have to come to, you know what I'm saying? To where he is. Um, this isn't the album that I wanted. I don't think I'll get the album that I want. I mean, the album that I want is a prince that works on a project produced by Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. The kind of artist that has also has little BS to do with the music industry, that knows how to create rich musical textures and understands the concept of a concept album. And you're talking about two guys that have, that have I'm assuming, respect for each other. Because I know for near fact that Trent Reznor informing Nine Inch Nails and producing that first Nine Inch Nails record on his own was directly informed by Sign of the Times back in 1987. You know, so we got a guy that understands what Prince is trying to do and has been watching Prince over the years that he's, you know, he's built a kind of a, Reznor's built his own model of distributing his own music in the same kind of ways that Prince has tried to do, you know, taking his lead and study from it, you know, and then you get an album that's a true concept album where the concept is actually actually translates through the music because Prince's art official age. I, I, I don't get what that's supposed to be, you know, in this album and a concept album. I don't think it's supposed to be something that only 10 or 12 people you know what I'm saying, are supposed to get. I think that a concept album is something that other people can get if they sit and study and try to, you know, engage in, in what this music is. So I guess uh, in my usual traditional 
uh, lead voice of the music snobs way. It's like I, I, I try to balance, you know, the two, the two opposing um, positions. You know, on the one hand, I, I don't hate this album, but on the one hand, it's, it's, it's got great musical ideas. But on the other hand, the lyrics, it just, it's just, I just don't know. I don't know who he's talking to because one minute he's talking to me, like with time. Another minute he's talking to the Good Morning America crowd, you know, with, uh, you know, with songs like The Gold Standard, you know, and, 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 and other ones he's talking to, you know, his newfound audience with songs like Artificial Cage, which, as has been said before, type of song that's, that, that's, that's probably going to translate better live. It's like trying to give you the live experience on record. So, but um, I'm happy for him. You know, I think he's confident. I think that he got he you know he's he's got all of his music back. I went through iTunes per, um, just yesterday and saw that uh, you know every song, every album of his that's in iTunes from the classic catalog is uh, under exclusive license to Warner Brothers and is owned by MPG Music. You know, so the brother is one. And that's 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 saying that's saying a lot. And for him to still be able to put out an album like this, that's that that for today's standards is a, you know, I think a true Prince album. That's 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 more than commendable. All right, man. I appreciate the viewpoint. Um, I don't know if you need to leave right now or you can stay around. If you're just going to slowly. Yeah, I got a few minutes. I got a few. I got a few overlap minutes for you. Well, man, so I appreciate that overlook. Now, we're going to go back to where we left off, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to, to get in that. We'll dissect uh, toward the end as well. So going back to This Could Be Us, Big Ken. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't have much to add except to say that I agree with most of the panel here. I, I love the song as well. To me, it represents uh, a throwback to the vintage print crooning on lead vocals, and, and I like the background vocals that he does uh, as well. And I, I love the ending that, you know, Jahan hit on it earlier, it, you know, the breakdown with his uh, voice at the very end, I think is is great. So I, I like I like the song a lot. All right. Uh, Big Sexy, did you get on this one yet? Yes. <clears throat> no, no. I put in my two cents. <laughs> um, again, I think it was uh, they dropped and mentioned the word maturity and Prince as a 56 year old man, you know, it's like he's slowing it all down. You know, he, he looks in the rearview mirror and sees the purple jacket, the bikini draws, the curl. You know, look, I was a young cat. I was wild. I'm not that dude anymore. Let me just slow it down, concentrate on making the best music I can and still have themes that I'm very familiar with. And I can, I can still express these themes and still maintain my spiritual oneness and still get these things out and still reach the audience that I'm trying to reach. Now, if he's reaching 26-year-old ladies, hey, do what you do, player. That's just how it is. Because a good romantic vibe, to me, does not have an age barrier. You know, if she's 26, cool. She's 36, cool. 46, cool. And, you know, and so on. If it hits her in that spot, then you've done your job. And he's doing his job very well on this, on this song. All right. Jahan, did you get in this one? Um... Did I? I um, I do have one thing to add, actually. Sure. I do think it's I do think it's commendable that he, you know, the the whole "this could be us, but you're playing" is uh, is a meme on on Tumblr and Twitter, right? So it's like a uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a photo of a man and a woman, typically, and it has the words on it: "This could be us, 
what you're playing. And it's, it's supposed to be a sort of semi-jokey message to someone's boyfriend or girlfriend to say, look, here's, here's an example of what I think a relationship should be. Um, and, we, and we could get there if you would just get your head out of your ass and, you know, get your priorities straight. So the fact that this is sort of like a little bit of a joke phenomena on Tumblr and Twitter and I'm, I'm sure Facebook, etc. I actually dig the fact that he's hip to that at this age uh, and this stage of his life and uh, that he he looks for relevance not just in musical or production terms but also in, or, or in sort of lyrical themes but also in uh, or also in slogans and ideas and ideas that are captured by a particular demographic or a particular generation and you know that that all helps and and i think he did he he somehow did this without without messing it up which is which is quite incredible when you think about it all right so the next song is what it feels like and i i actually when i hear this i asked the question to was this in maybe an outtake from andy allo's album possibly um I actually don't skip this song, but this is the only song on the album that I kind of be like, I don't really need to listen to all of this. Um, it's just something that kind of bland feeling to me. I like Andy Allo's voice. And again, it sort of reminds me of, of a recurring theme from her songs of Prince on her record. Um, but this is the song that I'm not really all into yet. Uh, Day dropping. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, to me, th- this is like uh, this could be us part two um, with more music, and, and I like it. it. The review's quick on this one. Lyrically, it's gonna make you bomb. Annie Al's voice is so extremely sexy as always. <laughs> uh, to uh, my other notations on this, quite simply, you know, Prince, where you been at all these years, man? Um, you know, I'll, I'll save my thoughts for the end. This one, this one's an eight. All right, uh, Arthur, if you're still there. Uh yeah, I'm still here. I was actually waiting for this one because you know what? I'm I'm actually lockstep in with you, Mike. I um, it's a, I, it's it's another I can't song. I mean, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm the one <laughs> who who just can't deal with another, you know, silly rabbits playing tricks and rapping and it's like ah, uh, it's it's you know okay. It's like B side material. Seems like an outtake. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get that vibe from it, too. It's not bad. It's just like... Uh, uh, Jahan? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not really feeling this one. Uh, I didn't really... I didn't really get anything from it. It's not bad. It's not, it's not great. It just... Um, this was pure filler to me. All right. Mr. Bikin... Man, I guess I got to be the contrarian here because I actually like this song. I, I'm surprised uh, you guys feel that way about this. I mean, I'm not saying it's the, the greatest song in the world, but I think it's a nice collaboration between the two of them. I mean, their their vocals blend well together. I like the sparse instrumentation. I mean, it's really just the beat, the synth bass, and the acoustic guitar. And there's a little bit of a, a synth. Uh, he seems like he uses a synth patch toward the middle and toward the end that very similar to what he used in Condition of the Heart. And I, I kind of picked that up really quickly, and I, I was pleased by that. But I, I think it's a nice song. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally classify it as filler, but I think it's a nice song. Big Sexy and Sack. You know, I don't think it's filler, but I kind of think it's like When Our Stars Collide Part 2, you know? And every time I hear that little, little sample 
or a little mention of you know of, of the song from the song when, our, when stars collide. I'm thinking, cool, cool. Give us a little nod, little uh, little rub on the major label, you know. But this fits more on her album than it does on his, actually. But that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it's a good song. I wouldn't call it a skip by any stretch. But when I sequence this for my uh, for my Walkman and for my phone, I'd probably put this in her folder, and not and not this one. What's or a Walkman? It, probably both. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're going to skip the affirmation. Um, that save that for the listener. Way back home. Ah. Somebody asked this on my Facebook page, and they said, is that a heartbeat at the beginning, a la Sex in the Summer? And I sort of asked that question on Twitter. I, I don't know. I, it, it could either be a drum machine, but if it was a heartbeat, it, to me, it makes this song a whole other emotional thing for me. But I really like this track, man. Like At first, I wasn't really paying attention to it, but the more I kept playing it, it's just sort of hypnotic feel to this it just really drugged me in, and I'm just like, God. A, a lot of the songs, I always say, I, I can't wait. I hope he has the balls to play this live. I don't know if Third Eye Girl does this type of song or if they need the full band, but this is like, I, I loved everything about this. The background vocals, the, the girls and stuff. This was great. I I feel this song. Um, Jahan. Yeah, it was... Again, it was um, it was good. It um, I think it was done better elsewhere on the earlier on the album, but um, it was good. It was I, I don't really have anything too positive or too negative to say about it. It's so similar to how I felt about the previous track. Oh, okay, wow, uh, Arthur. Yeah, I, um, I grouped this more with um, with you know where where I like the music. I find it really interesting. Um, you know, early on, I uh, I thought I heard heard the same kind of uh, drum patch that he used in the intro to "If I Was Your Girlfriend." Um, so you know, it has those that's the, that that informed you know thread Prince Wisdom you know that goes through it. Um, I like that uh, he's uh, you know making a more of a, a personal statement um, in his verses. I like uh, I do like the background, you know. Um, I think that it's a great way to begin to close, you know, the album out. Um, doesn't seem to be, you know, overdone with the production. Uh, but, you know, I'm really curious to know, uh, you know, where, again, where Josh Weldon comes into play as, as co-producer. You know, what does he, uh, what, what does he have to say about where the sequencing goes and, and you know, the... the the mood of some of these of, of some of these tracks but um yeah it's cool i don't you know i don't skip it um i like it better than i did when i first uh played the album um but it's 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 it is it's kind of like you know to me where i'm kind of like caught in the middle to where i feel that the that the, the lyricism is not uh, give giving justice to the uh to the track all right uh day dropping um, score on this one, and then I'll go into details. It's either a seven or a six on September on September twenty eighth, two thousand fourteen. It's uh, it's a pretty song, but I think for me, it, it right where it sits in the album, it, it's kind of like breaks 
when I expect acceleration. Because uh, we're in the home stretch of the album, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more, and then it just breaks on there. It's, it's, it's pretty. It's a pretty song, beautiful lyrics. I got nothing against that. I think there's an interesting uh, dichotomy between the single versus album. Sometimes you have to listen to a song on its own to appreciate it more than listening to it on the album. And sometimes it's just the opposite. You have to hear it within the album to appreciate it more. And I think when I've heard the album from beginning, once I get up to track 10, I'm expecting a little bit more at, from track 10 out of out of 13 um and uh that's why that's why it's that way however i think if i listen to this track a lot a lot more uh, i'm gonna appreciate it a lot more it's just right now i'm not feeling it as much as i think i could i don't skip it but i think i'm gonna have to skip the other tracks and listen to just this one alone and focus on this one this is a focus track i'm gonna have to focus on this one to get a better feel for it. You guys understand what I'm talking about as far as like how, how in the sequence of it, it just, uh, it slows down too much for me. Yeah, I do. I do. I think that's a good analysis. I do. Uh, big sexy. You know, I got to co-sign that one because this is too much of what we've heard a few times on the album. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just more. You know, I want a little more variation here. You know, this, you know, I'm going to date myself, but this would be better as like a B-side if they still did singles, you know, like they did back in the day. I mean, it's good, but that that vibe and that tempo is prevalent in this album. And I think we could use with something else either a little more upbeat or a little different. And this is just, uh, I don't want to say more of the same because I don't want to dismiss it. But it's its more of the same, but we can, we can do more. And the next songs, next couple songs do that for me. But this one... I wouldn't call it a skipper, but you know we've be, we've been in this territory already for a while. All right, right. Big Ken, oh, bring hey, us on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, a real quick, real quick, because Mark brought up a really good point. The you know I suspect because this comes after the affirmations, which in Leanne's going nowhere with it. I mean, what she's gotten, what he's gotten her read just doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all. Um, but it's a good look for her, right? Because she's on a Prince album. But I'm saying because it come, follows the affirmations. I just have this feeling that Way Back Home um, directly relates to the concept of the album that he's trying to put forth and that this is the beginning of that third act. You know, I just can't figure where the acts cleanly separate on this. And that just speaks to my disconnect with with what he's trying to do on the concept. But that was that was a great point. I agree with that because that's what my analysis of this was. I mean, the placement of where this is. The affirmations, this song way back home, and then even to a, to a greater degree, affirmation three all together are supposed to form the emotional centerpiece of the album. I mean, it's very passionately sung. I mean, I think it per- it's purposely here to put a, a break in the action before the next two tracks. Um, you know, so it's not a it's not a terrible song. I think it's okay, but uh, I agree with Arthur. There is probably a direct link between this and what. He started the narration. He started in artificial cage and clouds. We just don't. We haven't discerned what it is yet. But that's why I'm hoping that we get full lyrics and everything, and hopefully we can piece it all together. All right, let's get into the jam of the record right here. Ah, <laughs> funk and roll. Now I did a whole show. We talked about funk and roll, so I'm not going to go too deep. And, and I'm, but I will say this: after hearing Plectrum Electrum. I don't see the point of putting this version on this album. I would have preferred they put the remix of uh, 
rock and roll love affair would have fit perfect right here. This is up tempo, but it's the song is on none of these albums. It would have worked perfectly at this point, but that's just me. Uh, so I'm going to go to those who have not spoken on this yet. Um, I know this is a very interesting take. I, I need to hear Jahan. What, what, what do you take on this one? Uh, I don't see the point of it being on this album, like you said. I also don't see the point of it being on Plectrum Electrum. I, I just, um, I think, I think this is the worst song on the album. Uh, it is, to me, it's pa- it's it's pandering. It's 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 all all of the good. You know, there's good pandering and there's bad pandering. There's there's good pandering, meaning you want to be relevant and you find a genuine, honest, and authentic way to do it. And I think an example of that is the motif or theme behind This Could Be Us. Um, I think there's bad pandering, which is let me use similar sounds to what's going on today. Let me, let me create a similar song via a similar construction, etc. And uh, let, me, let, me try to, let me try to reach other people. Let me try to sound like what other people are doing when the when when his own greatness is to close his eyes trust himself and let then the whole planet try to sound like him and um i I think this is a perfect example of that this is this is him you know trying to sound like the rest of the world in a way and it just to me it just didn't come off uh as either authentic or good this was hammer when he was you know you doing what and then he came back pumps in the pump you know he was gangster yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was prince exactly. like what are you doing he's in the trap he's in the trap house and it just ah. but exactly i, I already spoke on uh author but yeah i i i, I co-sign with what johan was saying um this this is you know this is kind of like his 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 mpg group song and it doesn't really fit on either dynamics of of princess the solo artist which is what aoa is doing and or at least is supposed to do and what petrum Petrum electrum is doing with 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 third eye girl um i think that as the bridge song between the two albums i think that it works better in the context of third eye girl that because of the of the the rock edge you know, Hannah's drums, Ida's bass, the mix, that kind of mix does better for this song because it abstracts the goofiness of the song. And um, yeah, it's just it's 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 unfortunate, but I get it because Funk and Roll, you know, that was the song that he played live at Arsenio and he probably got some good, good feedback to it. Um, and uh you know, my my running joke for this for, for this show is like, you know, I blame Josh. It's Josh's fault. What did Josh do? What did he have to do with this? You know, um, <laughs> but I think Hannah might have had something to say about this one, too. But, uh, yeah, I just think, yeah, I, I think we could have we could have done without this and maybe, you know, use some of the other uh, pre-releases that that he he'd been uh, giving us, you know, throughout the past year. Big Ken. Yeah, when I first uh, heard this, you know, I was uh, decidedly not impressed. And in fact, I I could probably say I was downright disturbed to a degree by it because I really I really questioned why Prince would do something like this and, and like why he would present himself in this kind of style. However, listening to it now in the context of the rest of the album, I can I can see 
like Arthur just said, I get it. I can see how it fits, but I still have to question why it fits. Like, why is this song necessary when the Third Eye Girl version is vastly superior, right? So for me, I mean, this is, I, I agree. This is the the weakest link in the entire album for me. It's not terrible. I mean, considering that there's, you know, crap like Anaconda and, and all booty. this other stuff and Booty and the rest <laughs> of these dumbass songs out there now, and this is still miles better than that, but it's still, you know... He, Either he was he would have been better served by either putting something else in this place here or just skipping this song altogether and closing the album out with time, which is probably the best song that he's done in probably the last 15 years. Right. So, you know, I, I question why it's here. But I mean, it's it's if I'm in the right frame of mind, I, I could possibly listen to the whole thing. But, you know, it's, it's OK. But, you know, I still question why it's, it's there. Day dropping, get turned up. Um, you know, it's very similar sentiments as everybody else. Uh, it doesn't belong here. I don't. I don't get why it's here. Um, long time ago, I heard the recording of the dance on Emancipation. Then I heard it way later on. I don't know what album it was. If it was on Planet Earth or one of those, the dance. I like the Emancipation one better. So when I heard the dance version uh, later on, uh, I thought. Ugh. No, I know what I like. And that's kind of what's going on here. I like uh, the version that comes out on Plectum Electrum a lot better. It's energetic. This one isn't like it should be. Well, and even then, I don't think it belongs anywhere on here. It doesn't flow with the rest of the musical theme that, that I feel exists in this album. And it doesn't fit in that. It's a puzzle piece that you're that you're cutting pieces off to force to fit into the puzzle. And... Um, it just it doesn't work for me, uh, but it's better than like you guys said a lot of the stuff's out there, and that's a testament to Prince alone. But is it really uh, better than those other? I, than a lot of that, is, uh, a lot of that you know, R&B junk that's, uh, that they call hip hop shit out there. That's, uh, nah, man, it's better than that. I don't. Agree um, with that, I, I, I I can't get with that. You okay, Mike? You can't get with pheromone and loose. I can't get with that other stuff that that fall that I mean, passes you, you for hip hop. I'm just saying, that's a very broad stroke to say all that other stuff out there. I I think the stuff that is, you know, I hate to use this word, organically in, in its own space, does this properly. They don't. It, it would be like if um, what's that dude Trey songs? It would be like him doing Purple Rain or whatever that song he did on that show that's not his lane he sounds horrible I, but I would say the same thing about Prince this ain't your lane you, you're doing some shit you don't know nothing about like that's true terrible. this is not this is not his lane and so it doesn't even, make him better than his so his version of their stuff isn't isn't better than theirs in my opinion no, it sounds like he's trying true. to be like them and it's worse because this is not what he does that is true but there is still albeit minor there is still a little bit of musicality in this song toward the end and that's that's what that's what i'm get, getting at the, the musicality yeah. things um that's what that's what makes it stand apart ultimately but in the world of prince it doesn't belong here and um it doesn't belong on this album i i think this is the weakest link by far uh, and I can't give this one more than a five. It's a skipper for me. I can skip this one because I, I I can just listen to Plekin Electrum if I want to hear this. Yeah, this song it it puzzles me. And you know, it's one thing. It's this is a remix of a song that's on another album that's just coming out as well. It almost reminds me kind of like um, the latest fashion, where it's like we're gonna have the latest fashion. 
Oh. And then we have summertime thing. And yeah, like, the latest, latest fashion, fashion is travesty all over. But at least it was the same music. Here, it almost... And this is the direction I don't want to see things happen. It reminds me of like Tupac. Like there was a lot of Tupac Machiavelli music that's, you know, the original versions. And then you have the versions that were released. And they were like, well, let's just take the vocals and put them on today's sounding type material because we right. think that's going to work. That's what this plays like to me. And it's, I don't like that. And, and I particularly don't like it because it's Prince. And it's like, he can play music. The, the original music is fine. There's no copyright reasons or there's no reason to do this. So I, I have to just really push the point. There was no reason to remix this and put it on this album, but it only reason is they wanted to have something that sounded like, you know, that style and that would work on this record, which I'm not really a fan of that. That's all I can say. But, but you know what? Devil's advocate, which is going to kind of undermine everything I've said in this entire show so far. There's, um, I, I saw some people on Twitter. They're very young. Um, I think they're either 16 or 17 and it was a few of them, and they were talking about funk and roll and how excited they were based on right. funk and roll right. for the new album. And you know what? I was, I was almost quite proud in a way. I mean, I've got nothing to be proud of, but I was almost, it made me very, very happy that there are still people out there who get the same reactions that we got, you know, on hearing um, Alphabet Street, for example. And the excitement that we had for Love Sexy um, or hearing Get Off and the excitment that we had for Diamonds and Pearls or, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, but I, I still have a problem with that because, again, if you start to do that, then there's no reason that they don't do that to Stevie Wonder's classic records or Sly Stone or something. It's like, well, if I'm we can you. take those lyrics off of, you know, whatever know. and they I'm put it in today's stuff. Yeah, the kids will like it. But that, that shouldn't, they shouldn't be liking it. If, you know what I mean? The other one is far superior. If they heard that, yeah. they would like that too. But I hear what you're saying, but I just, ah. It warmed my heart. It warmed my cold, sort of uh, heartless heart a little bit to, to see that. That's all. <laughs> yeah, so it, again, it just opens the door, though. Like, oh, they yeah, like I, that? I well, let's I go back and just take Sign of Times and restructure it. It, it kind of sets the wrong president. It kind of sends the wrong message to the artist. <laughs> you know, Housequake could easily be thrown into this, right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll kill someone if that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big All Sexy right. can defend me in court. I got you. I got you. <laughs> it was an insanity play. Would probably yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, I know him. He's insane. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a big sexy. Did you want to? And we talked about this before, but did you want to get in on that? Again? I just, I just want to co-sign what you said. You know, I think we should. Well, we, he should have taken this off and put in rock and roll love affair because, you know, to me that is missing from this, and live out loud is missing from plectrum electrum. But again, I don't make the sequencing. But rock and roll love affair would have been a better insertion there, considering that the song is repeated on the other album. I mean, granted, it's a different version, but still, man, come on, give me something else. All right, let's move on to the last track, uh, the song Time. And the Boy George song? Sorry? Sorry. The Boy George song? Time, <laughs> give me time. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, okay, so this one is a, basically a duet with Andy Allo. And for me, I will say this, I was a super big fan of When Stars Collide. Actually, I was a fan of all the Prince songs from the Andy Allo record. I, that surprised me, and I rock those to this day. This reminds me of, of a sister to uh, Stars Collide. 
And this is an amazing track. The beat as starts in, it kind of drags, pulls you in a little bit. It's, you know, real mellow. And their voices sound great. I'll let other people go into it more depth. But once he kicks into the bass and everything, I only wish he just threw more stuff in and really just said, fuck it. Let me just fucking... Because it's like, you know what Prince yeah, does. Yeah, man. You know, and yeah, I'm like, man. shit, dude... I, you should have just started the song with that shit and then yeah, just man. go ahead and really and and then this could you could walk away from this saying if nothing else he still that motherfucker yeah man I still do say that but he just he just gives you the glimpses and you know as a longtime Prince fan you have to kind of understand that at this point he just seems to only want to like tease you and like he gives you the hint of you know I could do this some real shit if I wanted to but I just didn't give you a little bit you know y'all ain't ready you know he always kind of does that I kind of feel a little bit like this but this is such a hearty you know helping of it that I'm I'm not dissatisfied I love this song um Big Ken go ahead well I'm I'm sure all of us have had a memory somewhere in the past when we've listened to some Prince track where it makes you just break out the funk face you know, your face scrounges all up and you'd be like, God damn, this is, you know, that's how <laughs> I felt when the bass line of this song kicked in. I mean, I loved it from the start, first of all, because I, I'm with, with you. I like the beat, you know, and then he, he, he almost he has like some other I don't want to say it's a sample beat, but he has some some yeah. other type of percussion like or sample game. beat on yeah, some kind of break underneath it, which 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 fits perfectly. Then the vocals come in and they do that and, and the vocals are great. But man, listening to this thing loud when that bass comes in, man, my face scrunched all up, man. I swear, this, this song literally gave me goosebumps because I haven't heard this from Prince in a long, long time, man. And it's just when that bass thumping goes on and, and it, it has the accent, accented kick drum on the one, I mean, man, that's, that shit hits hard. And Andy Allo is doing her thing on the vocals. Prince is matching a note for note. And then, of course, at the end, they faded out when you could tell, like, this is one of those ones, like we used to always talk about the other yeah. ones. Yeah. You know there's more. And you're like, come on, dude, 12-inch, you know, extend it out. You know, but other, other than that's just nitpicking, man. This is a pure masterpiece. I mean, it's worth it. For, I mean, any flaws that, that this album may have for some folks, to me, are absolved with just this song. This one song, to me, is worth the purchase of the album, personally. And, and real quick, I just want to say, the the quote unquote funk or whatever you want to call it, the comparison between the gold standard playing and here. Oh, oh yeah, no, this is no not in the box. Yeah. That, this that's is, what I'm talking about. Yeah, go that's ahead, John. Go ahead, John. No, this is exactly. I mean, I, I said that Breakfast Can't Wait is my um, is to me the best song that he's done since since Love Sexy. Um, it, it shares that that it shares that mantle with uh, time. I think it's incredible. Everything that you've said, if you know what, Mike, if you had emailed me and said, you know what, I got a new tune for you, it's going to blow you away. If it had different drums, slightly different drums, um, n- not not as it, if, it, if the engineering of it wasn't quite so kind of clean in 2014. And if you told me it's from 86, I would have believed you. Yep. You know, I would have I, I would have completely believed you. Um, it's just it's just exemplary. And like the guys are saying, you know. Just when it really, when you think it's it's kind of got that false fade, uh, that kind of trap door, and then bam, it comes back. 
uh, I, I mean, it, it's almost like it, I feel the same way about this as I do Strange Relationship, where right at the end he kind of settles into like this sort of yeah. funk groove, and then it and then it kind of fades out. And you're like, well, where, where are you going? Where are you going? Come back. <laughs> and I feel exactly the same way with time. It's uh, ah, it's it's exemplary. It's it it. You know, I often listen to artists like Michelle and Cello and I'm like, damn, Prince, man, why? This is what you should be doing. This is what I thought you'd be doing now. And more so than Breakfast Can Wait, time is what I thought Prince would be doing in 2014, way back. You know, mm. in 1990, time is what I thought he'd be doing right now. I can see yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Arthur. Oh yeah, thank you. I co- I, I co-sign every every everything that he just said. <laughs> um, yeah, it, this is the this is worth the price of the of the admission. This was the album only track. I had to buy the entire album just to get this one song. I'd gladly pay the ten twelve dollars, you know, just to get this one song because it's fully informed, wisdom, strength, Prince with the with the with the robust baseline, um, the the ease the ease in the in in the sparse drum track, um, the beautiful uh, uh, co vocal with Andy Allo, um, you know I think this is the best closer of a Prince album since Positivity closing out Love Sexy. Bam! The, there you go. The, uh, wow. the, yeah, <clears throat> the one of my favorite hip hop albums is um, Blow Out Comb from Diggable Planets and the closer on that song is a song called Four Corners and it exudes the same kind of vibe where it's this you know this laid back four o'clock in the afternoon vibe and everything is right in the world and this is the music that you play you know to accentuate that feeling I mean I, I just can't I can't say enough about time I was so shocked when this song um, came on you know and, and Jay had given me a heads up he's like Arthur um, you gotta listen to the last song just keep with it <laughs> you know, what I mean? you keep with it because you're going to be rewarded for the effort. And, you know, it was true. I mean, I mean, fellas, talk to me. This is a song that Prince plays at the after show at 3.30 in the morning for the people that stayed through everything oh, yeah. else. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're like, whoa. And you just arms up, yeah. just laid back because it's like this is that this is that song that 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 yeah, man, I, I really I really can't say enough of the song. It's worth the price of admission. And it doesn't sound like the, the, I think the truly unique thing to me about Time, again, more so than the other track I like so much on the album, the truly unique thing to me about it is it doesn't sound like anything else out there Period. by anyone. You know? It's a throwback, too, at the same time. It's, it, exactly. it, exudes, it exudes elements of the past, too, because another thing I forgot to mention, in the background, during the whole bass thumping part, if you listen to it again, listen to this synth patch that he plays. I swear to God, that's the condition of the heart synth from '85, mm-hmm. and I, and mm-hmm. it's just like, man, it just made me smile. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's new, but it's still vintage Prince, man. I just, yeah. I, I want more right. of this. Right. right. As good as everything, it gets. everything, everything on this song is necessary. Everything. Yep. Yeah. And anything yeah. that's not that's not on this song is not necessary. And the entire album should have been like that. I was just about to say that. What if the whole album was this oh, kind of stuff? God, then I'd be, dude, yeah. Dude, I, I'd be, bruh, bruh, look, yeah. look. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, to me, it's like the, the, you know, those real standout songs that I love that Prince produced recently, you know, um, those couple Andy Allo tracks. I'm like, that's the kind of instrumentation that I want to hear from him. It's, it's not all you know obviously programmed you can hear them playing shit and it's not 
it's not the gold standard. And I'm not, I'm not using that as a diss, but I'm saying it's loose. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, it I has it. a feel right. to it. Uh, and this right. song has a feel to it. And you can't help but when it, boom, boom, boom. And it's not the same licks all the time. You know, he's, I'm, you're like, I'm like, that's the shit. You know, um, I go on and on. Day dropping. Yeah, I, I like what Arthur just said a little while ago because it, it it completely sums up the the track. Everything is necessary. Um, when it's done correctly, it sounds like this. Uh, this song, I mean, what can I add to it? Everything you guys have said. It, this is it's so good. I got to just sit, co-sign it, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do that and just again repeat everything in this song is necessary a quote from a great man named Arthur and um, the score on this one this one is a 10 this week it'll be an 11 next week good man good man Uh there you go yeah, yeah it, this is this is the this is the stuff right here this is it i mean i i can go on for a long time just and and just hit repeat and but man it's just what can you say Mike, I think you I think you hit it on the head, Mike, when you said you hear a song like this, man, and it just gives you a good feeling to know that our boy still has it. He he still has it. He can still do it like we want him to do it. Right. But he does it though when he wants to do it. And now he's now he's at a point where it's just like he'll give you a taste here, a taste there. When back in the day, Love Sexy Parade, Round Around the Day, Sign the Times, we used to get albums full of this. Right. You know, and that's 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 the dichotomy the there. But he still has it, man. He still can do it. Nobody else can do this. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like, that's the like frustrating the up- part about it is that you yeah. can't do it. Yeah. And you ain't getting yeah. four that's albums. That's frustration. That, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, big sexy, take us home on this uh, track here. You know, I'm listening to it right now, and everybody has just really, really wrapped this thing up with a nice, nice package and nice bow. This takes me back to, uh, again, when you close out an album, like Forever My Life, or, or Side, like Forever My Life did, or, or Door did, you know, I'm not going to go as far as say it's worth the price of admission on this one, but it is, you know, another standout piece. All right. Uh, quickly, we're going to get into our summaries, but uh, Affirmation 3, I, I do want to throw that one in there. I listened, I was, this is funny, I was sitting in Walmart's parking lot last night. <laughs> okay. Why? I, I know. And, um, and my girlfriend, she's going to the store, I said, fine, I'm going to listen to this record. Pump it up real loud. And I just finished time, Affirmation 3 comes on. Uh, for whatever reason, it gave me sort of a, I don't know, spiritual uh, session where I was sitting in the car and this thing was blasting, and I just got pulled into this whole thing. I don't know. I, I really love this part uh, of the album. Um, their voice, the everything about it, it just, again, I see being in a stadium, you know, at a big concert, and it's just this whole sort of, you know, concept thing, and he just sort of ends it out with that, and I'm just like people's hands in the air. I don't know for some reason those visions of this, uh, as some sort of moment uh, when this is playing. I-, I felt it in that space, so I really did like this uh, 
it's kind of an odd placing to put this because it's so tied into way back home. It's the same music, right? It just continues on. But I don't know. I, he got me here for some reason, so I did like this piece. Um, Jerhan. Um, I, I felt it was not necessary. I think that time provides such a, just, just like Big Sexy said, it's like, it's such a resolution. Um, like he said, closing out the side with uh, of Sign of the Times with Forever in My Life. It's just such a perfect, peaceful resolution that I don't think you needed anything after it. Um, in terms of the track out of sync with the rest of the album, just evaluating it on its own, I think it's... Sometimes I listen to it and I feel like it's quite an emotional... Um, still with stand all time kind of vibe. And sometimes I listen to it and I think it's background music for the X factor. Um, (laughs) so I'm not, I don't know. Jury's out for me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, day dropping. Uh, the jury's out for me on this one as well. I think, uh, it's best that we take off, uh, funk and roll move affirmation three up to track 11 and uh, let things end in with time. Oh yeah, um, good, very good. And and I don't uh, I don't really have a score for it because I know it, it's so odd. I don't want I don't want to score this one because I think it it's an un, any score I give it at this point it's unfair. I want to I'm going to resequence it like that, like the way I said. Get rid of Funk and Roll, listen to it, and see how it, how it works there. I think it's going to work a lot better. Uh, it's not not that it's a bad track. I just think it really suffers by by being followed by following after a, a track like time you don't do a follow-up track to time um anything that you do put after that it's gonna it's unfair and so it's unfair for this track to exist there as track 13 like i said it should be track 11 funk and roll should be taken off and it should end with with time on track 12 that's really all i got to say about it all right big ken yeah i mean it's a it's a, a beautiful reprise of way back home with the orchestral accompaniment gives it kind of an epic feel, but yeah, I, I what, what, what he should have did was they should have just made affirmation one, two way back home. And this just one track, they should have just merged it all into one track period and then ended it yeah. with time. And that's it. There's no need to have any breaks because there's no breaks between affirmation one and two and way back home. That's that seamlessly flows together. So they could have just put it, he could have just put them all together and and been done with it and just close it with time and then you just left with a gut punch to close the album i mean and that would have been it but i mean it's still you know a decent way to to end a a good album but you know it it would have been just perfect if they would have just left it with time you you know what this is this is uh your kid your kid oh no (laughs) this this is new power generation (laughs) two you know you just kind of throw that at the end you know, if they would have had, uh, man, this is the true confession. But anyway, um, author. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on the on the one hand, on the one hand, after time, he could just he could do whatever he wants to do. He did time. I'm good. But you know, on the other hand, uh, this affirmation three might have been better served as as you know the affirmation one and two, and not have the Leanne Lahavas vocal that uh, has got her. You know talking out the side of her head. Um, I think that uh, I am I am with you, though, Mike, uh, as it relates to it's very easy to, to get wrapped up into um, 
into the musicality of this and um you know gave, gave me made me reminisce the uh uh ingrid chavez's uh yes. album you know where where he had these landscapes in it and uh, even the even the love sexy tour where mm-hmm. where he had the segue between part one yeah. and part uh-huh. two the dark and the light and all of that yeah. you know um but you know it's very well that's just what he does and that's that that's that wisdom that i you know that i keep that i keep talking about um and uh you know i think like an upside to a song like funk and roll where you know it, it, it if it if it engages a new audience that's great because they're going to hear time like right after that you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it, it 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 serves its purpose but um love it as a standalone piece and uh i do agree i, I do agree time should close the album out and we do something else with the third affirmation all right here we're gonna talk about our final thoughts on this record and as i've already said before on video or whatever I enjoy this album. Um, it exceeds my expectations of what I thought I was going to get with this record. And those expectations were based on a few things. One, you know, I heard some of the samples of the songs earlier, 30 seconds, and I was kind of getting worried. The release songs like Funk and Roll and Clouds, You Know, Breakdown, though they seemed kind of cool, they just didn't sort of like wow me. And, you know... My expectations, uh, you know, hey, I did 2010, I rocked that. I I still was playing that. I played it yesterday. But some of the albums before that, Musicology, you know, 3121, Planet Earth. As a big Prince fan, I don't, I don't even know all the songs on those records. You know, I may know one or two tracks that I, you know, mess with. But those weren't, those records were not for me, unfortunately. And I kind of thought, you know. Uh, we might get something kind of like that. That's cool. But this as a whole album, I love it. I love it because it feels like at least Prince was all there in the making of it. I may not like all of the songs all the way or some of them question, but they don't feel like they're cheapened to me. I feel like everything was put into this and wherever skill set <coughs> they were at at the time has been added into it. The, the, the production of the record, I think, is high. Um, it, it sounds fantastic though the concept may be loose I appreciate that it feels like it is a complete package it doesn't just feel like a whole bunch of songs thrown together to me I, I can start from the top and I'll go through the journey of listening to this whole thing even if there's some parts I'm not really into I look at it like a movie some parts of a movie I might not be into but I go through it anyway it's not a perfect album it's not a perfect movie but I love this. It's at least a return to me. Like I feel like Prince is fully engaged in this project. And so I'm, I'm with it. I've heard a lot of people say this is the best album since double the da and double the da. Double the da. Yeah, oh, right. That was, the cut. I, that was an unreleased one. <laughs> but I will, say, <laughs> I, I will, I will put myself on the line here and say this much. It is the most complete package since Rainbow Children, it is nowhere near the level of that, but at least it's a complete album to me. It doesn't feel like it's just patchwork. And so I give it props for that. It even feels more complete of an album than Plectrum Electrum, which I like that one too. But Damn, Mike, you took my notes or I'm something? I'll take it. I'll, I'll be short so I'll let everybody else Damn! Know. But short. I really like this... <laughs> 
I, I like this record. I, I will say that. I love the album. My challenge to Prince, bring these songs to the stage. That's all I can say. Uh, mm-hmm. Big Ken, go ahead. Well, hell, you took all of it, but basically, uh, I, I agree with you, man. I, had, I went into this with very, well, I won't say low expectations, but, but reasonable expectations. I, I didn't know what to expect. I think releasing the songs early the way he did possibly could have been a disservice because you listen to you know the breakdown, you listen to Breakfast Can Wait, you listen to Clouds here and there out of context, you know, you know, I I'm probably like a lot of people say, Yeah, they're okay, they're cool, you know, this one sucks, this one's good, you know, you don't really you're not invested in them. But it's not until that you sit back and you listen to this whole thing like you said, as a complete project, does the, the, the whole thing then start to materialize for you and you kind of get the value in it and you see the, you know, the, what the end goal was supposed to be. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I do agree that I think this is the most, probably the best, most cohesive complete album, as you said, that he's done in years. I would say if if it's it might be the best since Rainbow Children, or if you, even if you go before that, maybe the Gold Experience. I think the Gold Experience might have been the last one where start to finish, like you literally had to start it from the beginning and just listen all the way through because everything was connected together. You know, although a Gold Experience probably had a, a more um, concise theme laid out, but still, I, I think you know this one is a good album. It's a great album, actually, in my opinion, because it seems to me that Prince was fully committed. Good or bad, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a couple of these songs are divisive. You know, it was just in this podcast on the org, I, you know, Funk and Roll gets some people riled up. Artificial Cage gets some people riled up. But overall, I still think it's a great album. Uh, I haven't been this excited for a Prince album in, in quite a long time. So I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's a, a, a great album, personally, from start to finish. There's a couple of weak spots here and there, but... It's one of the best that he's put out in recent years. So uh, I give it a two thumbs up. All right. Uh, Mr. Arthur. Oh, actually, we went Arthur already. Jahan. I think it's, I think it's one of those. I think it's, as an album, it's, yeah, it's his best since, um, since Rainbow Children or, or News. I think in, um, at, its, at its best, it's better than those albums i think it's um, as we've already now discussed uh, but I'll, I'll say it again that the, the high points on this eclipse the high points on his last great album um and they go all the way back to the so-called classic period and would fit beautifully without without you even sort of blinking that fit perfectly um in, in that genre i think the low points are you know bad at times corny uh, overdone, overpolished, um, going in a direction he doesn't need to go in, and I think the sort of good, sometimes average points, I think they're they're really really good. The only criticism I'd have of them is that they're great for somebody else, but for him, I would hope for more, would expect more, and I, I'd you know I'd rather not have Prince imitating Miguel, who has gone on record as saying he's imitating Prince. Um, but um, so it's, it's almost like Prince imitating himself via someone else at times. But um, but on the whole, as an album, I I dig it. I give it a I give it one thumb up, um, and I'll definitely listen to it again. And there'll be certain tracks on here that I've already put on mixtapes, and um, 
I'll, I'll continue to do so and uh, and look at them as amongst his best work. All right, uh, day dropping. Uh, yeah, Mike, you, you pretty much uh, echoed my sentiments on this. I think prior to this release, um, you know, I tried staying away from. I, I didn't hear any of the preview clips, anything like that. I'm kind of on purpose. Uh, the other tracks that were out that didn't make the this uh, the album cut, I heard and I thought, okay, they're all right, uh, including Breakfast Can Breakfast Can Wait and all that. You know, the ones that did originally come out, I thought they were nice and all. Uh, but prior to these releases, I, you know, my main focus was the re-release of Purple Rain. And um, I can say that I, I shouldn't have been thinking that after hearing this album. I, shouldn't have been, I should have given this album more uh, forethought. And um, because Prince gave this album more forethought. And it shows. Um, he... He, it's been a couple of years, and you know, like I said earlier, where the hell's he been with this kind of sound that he has here? Uh, I, I really do believe that he he's like you to use your word invested a lot more in this album than he has in other albums. Because, like you, Mike, I um, I, I don't know. I get tracks mixed up from Thirty One Twenty One Musicology, uh, Twenty Ten. Uh, uh, I, I'm even missing an album that I can't remember right now, but I get them all mixed up around that time because I really don't know them. I really don't know the album tracks on there because it didn't. I didn't really buy it, you know. I didn't, you know, go all in on those albums because there was nothing there to make me go all, go all in. Like with this one, I can go all, all in on this one. I like this album. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I, it's very good, in fact. And when it shines, it really shines. One. It's not without flaws, uh, but the flaws can be overlooked. Uh, they don't. They don't. They're not a detriment to the album. The flaws on it. It's um, there's a concept there that that I'm not aware of that I can't figure out yet. But that's going to be part of the fun in rehearing this. It's got replay value at least on that. Um, trying to decipher it, what it's all about. Uh, but as it stands on its own. Minus all that uh, deciphering, the music does stand up. It's worth a listen. I hope it sells well because I think it should sell well. Uh, it's it's great to hear this and be, to be accompanied with the release of uh, Third Eye Girl. They, they work. They work together like this. And, and I really, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad to be a fan of the guy's music right now in 2014. Um, I'm never ashamed of it, but sometimes it's not that I turn the other way. I just don't make a big, big spectacle of it. I'll make a big spectacle for this album because I think it's worth it. And I will tell people, hey, you know what? Listen to our Artificial Age. It's actually a pretty good Prince album, man. Um, and I, I don't know if I could necessarily have said that to the casual listener from the last few albums, but I can say that about this one. All right, big sexy in sack. <laughs> When he did Lotus Flower, you know, several years ago, it was three allegedly distinct things. No. It was Prince doing two things and then Prince directing uh, Bria Valente on another thing. This, in conjunction with Plectrum Electrum, are two different things. They do not sound the same. I mean, you hear Prince, Prince's influence, but they do not sound the same. And 
you know, we've all, at some point or another, and to some level or another, think that 3121, musicology, planet Earth, yeah. You know, I don't want to call it a lost effort, because there are a couple of good songs on each of those albums, but for the most part, it just wasn't what we were uh, used to getting. This is a return to form. You know, this is a cohesive, thought-out, planned effort, and it shows. I mean, the work the work shows. I don't know who played on those other albums that I mentioned, and maybe getting away from, and I'm not ripping anybody this time, but maybe getting away from, uh, you know, the Shelby and the Liv Warfields and, and, and that whole vibe allowed him to stretch into another area, and this is what we got, and if that is the case, I'm very satisfied with, with this album, and again, it's 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 some of his best work in a long time. You know, I'm not I'm not going to put up there with uh, Rainbow Children because Rainbow Children to me is just too avant garde. But it's this is a great effort. I mean, and it makes me easy or makes it easy to forget Planet Earth or Thirty One Twenty One. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about, and we can get back to normal here. And if he takes us on tour, you know, I'll be down front, you know, doing my thing as always. Wow. All right. Um... I almost don't even know what else to ask. We sort of exhausted this album. I wanted to ask, do you think this album will matter, though, to the general Fine matter. Do you think it would make a bump to the general public beyond, general you know? The public's listening to Booty, man, so I doubt it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why I said I hope it sells well. Because I, I think it deserves to sell well. But I don't know if, if it's going to relate to folks. It's and generated. Too bad, man. I think, I'm sorry, go on. No, I was just saying it's generated a lot of a lot of positive buzz, probably much more buzz than he's got in a long time. Yeah, I hope so. It can only educate folks. It really could, um, because I think uh, to to I think music top forty music really dumbs the listener, uh, and I think music like this can only educate the listener, and it, and it's only good. It, only good can come from it from a musical I, standpoint. I agree with Day Drop In. I think that. Um I, I think if this doesn't sell, I don't know what will in terms of Prince's output in the next 10 years. I agree. Years. I agree. And, and, you know, and you know he's got Warners behind him now, so hopefully he's got a promotional push that he hasn't had for the last however many years. But, you know, there's two, there's two demographics, right? There's, well, there's, there's us, the hardcore, and then there's the, as you guys called it, the booty music demographic who are just used to Anaconda and stuff like that. They may not buy it. But then there's another demographic of the sort of Brian McKnight listeners, etc., the Maxwell listeners. I think that they are more likely to buy this than any other Prince album uh, for a long, long, long time. So I think in terms of the more sort of mature, um, so, you know, 30 plus or 25 year old plus listener who may be a bit more discerning than just wanting to listen to Nicki Minaj all the time. I think that he's in with a great chance with that demographic. You know, that's funny that you brought it up real quick. I kind of agree with that, but it's almost as if the album from some of the songs is is targeted more toward the audience that wouldn't buy it for some of them yeah but then stuff like clouds um you know you know it's uh uh, i think i think it's funny it's 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 almost like it can't quite decide which zone to go into Mm -hmm. yeah but there's 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 a prince part of this as well though and mike this is very true. Will, will he do this though? Will he go live and play the majority of stuff? Because he got two albums now. 
to pick from. And they're okay. both strong things. Will he get the majority of his concert be from this and from Spectrum Electrum? Because they, they're both very strong and they can translate. Oh, yeah. He'll play very, it. Very strong to it. Well, well, he'll play one or two. We know that. No, will but I'm saying, and, I mean, I th- no, but see, I think he will. It, 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 particularly if he, if he uses the same touring outfit that he's been using. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, you know, you go to a Prince concert, and I mean, it's 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 this big giant band, you know. I, I and when it's the big I giant disagree. band with the horns and stuff, you know, you got Donna Gratis trying to keep up because she's really not a funk guitarist. And then he'll strip it down and do a couple of Third Eye Girl st- songs. You know what I mean? So it'll be even like that. But another thing too about this album is that it's 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 kind of buffered by the 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 release that I don't think will happen, but the the 30th anniversary remastering of Purple Rain. You know, it's no mistake that he takes this cover photo in front of four platinum purple rain plaques, you know? And so there's a, there's a tie in that he's, that he's using with purple rain to, to get, to get buzz about this album. Um, That's funny. Did you say that? I don't go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, but I'm just saying, you know, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta roll. All right. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just saying, I, I think, I think that, I think that these songs will, will get played, you know? And I think that even for the, for the crowd, that uh you know like the okay player crowd you know they'll buy this record you know behind time they'll buy this record behind you know they'll buy this record behind um uh you know maybe clouds but i i think that i i think that prince will if not show up in the same form that he did in 2004 where was the you know, 25th anniversary of Purple Rain. It was the Grammy performance where, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think if he doesn't show up in that kind of way, I think he'll still show up and, you know, pr- and put some skin in the game with the promotion side of it. Well, I, I hope he does. To me, it feels like he's spent the last two years, two and a half years doing just the Third Eye Girl stuff. Like, they've played those songs. They've been on TV doing those songs, you know, the screwdrivers and fix your life ups. And, you know, I even saw them in on concert. I want to see that the band that's going to do artificial age. I haven't seen that yet. Personally, I don't want, cause I don't think those, that small little unit he has with the girls, they're not going to be able to do these songs in the full way that they're on the record. And I, you can't just have that, Josh do, which I think was with them when I saw him. He, he can't just be the only one standing on the keyboard pushing buttons. No, I agree. I mean, he's going to need some help. I mean, so, yeah. Ida, Ida can hang. Ida can hang by herself. Hannah can hang by herself. It's Donna that I worry about. Well, I'm, and, and I, the, actually, you know, what I'm saying is they, they, they need to have, there needs to be keyboard players and needs to be horn players there to, to put on the full production, I guess is what I'm saying. And it seems like mm-hmm. he's been wanting to tour and I'm just, this is my assumption that it's cheaper to go with you know, I'm just going to have two or three people and, and the sound guy, and I don't need to have this whole big production, and I'm going to do this garage-style thing. That's cool. I, I can get with that, but now I want to see the Prince part. Prince is all of this other shit. You, you can't – who's going to play the synth? Who's on the you know, keyboards and all that? I need to have all of that in there, and that Prince album has all that in there, and then it's got all this other, you know – non sort of Prince stylings with the current stuff. <coughs> I want to, who's going to do all that? You know, I, I need to, so I want to see him do it. You know, I want to see him do breakfast. Can wait. We, he's never shown. I've never heard a live performance of that yet. And it's been out for months. I've never seen him do it. I ain't never heard, heard him them do that. I want to hear that joint. 
You know, I want to hear some of these new. You, they gonna do you know live? <laughs> I want to. I want to see it. The prince back in the day, he would have did it live. So I want to. I want to see him do this. That's when I really know that. Yeah, this is this is that joint. It's not just some studio tricks. And it's the fact that I even say that about Prince is ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. if you look back on a lot of these, lot of these albums, you'd be hard pressed to hear him do any of these new songs. For I don't know why, but you never hear. I mean. A lot of the cuts that I'm like Future Baby Mama, did they ever did that live? Like, where's you know some of the R and B stuff? I just don't never get to hear it, so I want to hear him do it. Um, that's just my only little gripe because I know he can. And, well, yeah, he can, but you know, since the Musicology tour, he hasn't toured an album. He hasn't supported an album with the tour, and he's been on the road not constantly, but I mean, you know, he's been on the road significantly yeah. in yeah. the year since, in the ten years since. It just depends on when he wants to let go of or when he wants to bench Third Eye Girl because, I, you know, I can't see them doing, I mean, I can, I can see them doing anything, I suppose, but I'm, I'm not sure they'll be the best fit for Time, for example, or, right, uh, right. or, yeah. or You Know or whatever. So it'll be, it, it depends on how much he, I don't know, how much loyalty or how much uh, he believes in them still being at the forefront of, of his image, which they, you know, as, as they currently are. Yeah. Well, for me, whoever he gets playing, it doesn't. As long as he plays the tracks, because uh, too many times we've seen releases where he just goes back to the hits, and we've had plenty of discussion on that, on the why and this right. and that. But it doesn't mean that that that's what I want to hear. And I maintain I ain't concert unless he's playing the majority of some newer stuff. And I may never see him in concert again if I have that kind of thought. But I can always hope, and I hope that that's what he does with knowing that there's two albums of material. You've got. You're not lacking the amount of material to fill in a, a show. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with playing some classics. But I want to see now where the classics on the normal show, not the after show, on the normal show, are not monopolizing the time. Um, I want to see him really promote on tour. You break the it album up there, sir. Proper. Right. Last okay, question. I'm saying, I want to see him really really uh, promote the album good on tour, basically. All right. Last little question here. Um, I <laughs> forget my... Th- oh, the time lim- the time between albums. So here we saw the last album came out 2010. It's now 2014. Was it better served for him taking a break and, I guess, accumulating or working on better material? Or would... Do you think he should take another four, three-year break for the next one or... Is that where is that where he's at now? You know, there's not that much, you know, product if he, if going he's, on. If he's serious about the remasters, he's does he doesn't need to do an album. Mm-hmm. If he's if he's serious about putting out Purple Rain, and if he's serious about, uh, as he put in the press release, you know, the, alluding to more than one title being remastered, like folks think that the entire '80s catalog is going to get mastered. That's that they're poorly mistaken. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he did. I'd be I'd be shocked if he did four albums of the classic catalog remastered, Purple Rain, 1999, Sign of the Times, and I'll stretch it out and say Dirty Mind, but maybe Dirty Mind. But you see what I'm saying? So if he did that with Warner, he would need he wouldn't need to release another album at best, uh, 2018. But he could probably stretch it out to 2020 if that's what he wanted to do. He, he, but 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 Arthur, you know. He, he doesn't 
he doesn't need a remaster to do that. If he wanted to go, if he wanted to do a greatest hits tour tomorrow without any new supporting material, he'd still sell out, right? Because oh, people yeah, still sell out. But I mean, I, I, to Mike's to Mike's thing about is the is the spacing of the albums, you know, uh, uh, you know, to his benefit. Does he need to Does he need to wait another four years to do another album? And I'm saying, if he's serious about putting out Warner Brothers remastered. Uh, hopefully repackaged albums as reissues he doesn't need to tour i'm not tour but well first of all he didn't need to tour unless he just wants to pick up some 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 cash you know what i'm saying um but he definitely doesn't need any new material for at least another four years if not six Mm -hmm. and and you know the other thing i throw in the mix is you know now they're talking about uh i think it's called mpg MP Jazz or album is about to come out. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but now they're really? talking about something else. And there's actually, um, I don't know if it was on Twitter or something. There was a picture from in the studio, and uh, the, the MPG Jazz this is a group. They're about to they're finishing the album, and now they're you know talking about promoting that. You know, that's sort of the next thing. So I'm just curious, like. Again, you brought up a good point. The Purple Rain thing, I would have thought that that was coming out, and hopefully that still comes out this year. But obviously his full focus, it would seem, is on, well, I'm going to do some new stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think the reissues are on Warner. For better or worse, right? For better or worse, I think the issue is on Warner. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how much real interest he has about his reissues. I mean, he's gone on record to talk about how he's just, he, he, know, he doesn't understand people that look, in, look to the past. Yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't get reissue i mean he doesn't he doesn't get that but but then he flaunts it you're gonna do a new record and you're gonna stand in front of four platinum plaques right it's like we get it we know you did purple rain but why are you gonna front like you didn't do purple rain see what i'm saying yeah that's that's uh, the part that that's the part that i don't get and let's not forget homeboy's 56 four years he's gonna be 60 yeah six years he's gonna be 62 I don't see him trucking it out like Bruce Springsteen. He could, but I don't see him, you know, pulling out like like Bruce Springsteen, you know, and doing 50 cities. I don't see it. I think, I mean, I think he's probably got more energy than all of us put together somehow, um, you know, mysteriously. He he's, looks like he's incredible in, in, in incredible shape and, you know, maybe it's his diet or, or what have you, but yeah. um, I, I, I got a feeling that he's still uh, athletic enough to still got the stamina to do it. I, I think, oh, I, you know, yeah, he, I, I don't disagree. I just, you know, if I mean, right, if anybody looks like they actually any, own and sleep in a hyperbolic chamber, right, it's not Mike, right. it's Prince. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think, I think him signing with uh, Warners might have been more about the new material, like you said, than the old material. You know, we know that he's not that enamored with his old material. You know that it's a means to an end for him, but he'd really rather people were hysterical um, and, and hyperbolic about the new material. And I think maybe, you know, after running NPG Records for so long, you know, relatively on his own, he might, he might actually think, yeah, you know, it was, it was kind of cool to have a marketing department at my disposal. It was kind of cool to have a budget for this kind of stuff. And depending on how uh, Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum are promoted, if they're promoted to his satisfaction, you know, then we may see more new material um, in, in exactly the same way if he feels that yeah you know what Warners are finally doing the job that they should be doing and this is taking a lot of pressure off me and I'm reaching reaching people that we couldn't reach previously then I think he'll be happy and from a business perspective it just kind of only makes sense to keep pursuing that angle 
Yeah, that that's the thing that I sort of wonder about cuz even if you go back in the classic era, he seemed to be, you know, already on to the next thing as the release was coming and it was always sort of that well that's their job to sell records. I don't Yeah, I don't I don't deal with that. But you know, the only thing I would say in today's world, you know, it it sort of is on the artist to be very present uh as something is coming out right they they need to hear right. your voice you you need you know if i was in charge of them i'd listen you're going to be very uncomfortable with this but you need to go sit next to charlemagne <laughs> like i need you <laughs> you, you well, need to be on the breakfast club you need to be where these people are to stay on top of their mind and you're going to have to come out of yourself a little bit cuz they don't want they know who you are they know the music but they're more um relating to the personality of a person but, but who that's the us? thing, though. Right now, at the at the space Prince is in right now, man, he doesn't care about that stuff. Well, man. I know Prince. he doesn't. I'm just saying, in sense of, I hope he doesn't, because um, if this doesn't really sell what he thinks it's supposed to, or it doesn't shake up what he thinks it may it's supposed to do, I don't want him to just say, "Well, Warner Brothers, they ain't do it," right? Because right. it's not all on Warner Brothers, well. right? Because yeah. yeah, you know that, but you know that's what he will. That you, and, we and all it's know unfortunate that's, that's, if he does that because you know, as I said in the other podcast, you haven't seen Prince since these albums have been released. I've been uh, nope. announced, and mm-hmm. so I think he has to be a part of getting these out there as well. But, it can't just be all on Warner Brothers because it will but he, fail. But he's getting better because who amongst us, two or three years ago, would have assumed or would have would have believed that Prince would have a Twitter account that whether it's him or not behind the you know behind the keystrokes. It's speaking for him. It's it's doing it in his in an inimitable little style, um, and and you know we can we can imagine it's him or someone who's got a kind of Prince cheat sheet mm-hmm. uh, doing it. I would never have thought that. I would if you told me, oh, yo man, listen, in 2013, Prince is going to be on Twitter and he's going to be doing he's going to he's going to be Prince on Twitter. I'd be like, nah, get out of here, no way. So I'm, I'm I think it's baby steps for him, but that that that's you know one one baby step for him is one giant step for. Or one, rather, one baby step for us is one giant step for him in in a, in a kind of self promotion um, avenue. Yeah, I, I guess I just <laughs> want to see him do. I just want to see it, give it the proper yeah. thing. You know, this is a great piece of work. You know, so it can't just be uh, let them do it. And you know, I'm just gonna. You know, I mean, he's putting the third eye grill. Yeah, y'all go out there and y'all do this, and and that's fine. But I got, I think we remember that we as the fans. And I say this with all the love in the world. I, I, I tolerate Third Eye Girl because I'm a fan of Prince. And I know that's something that he's doing and he's a part of it. But if he had nothing to do with that and they just came out, I wouldn't pay no attention. Not because it's bad, but it ain't got nothing to do with what I'm into. So, and, and, and I just, you know what I mean? Just, you got to stay focused, man. Like, I'm, I'm all into this Prince shit. And so I need to be able to feel like you are into it too. You know, and I, I know I'm going to buy it on for GP, but for everybody else that's not like that, I think they need to be able to see that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And not just feel like, well, yeah, he's coming to town. I'm going to get the, the ticket. Of course, that's on GP. But in terms of buying a record, man, please. Nobody listen to that. And we don't. That's hey, family, I, I, I am going to have to sign off. Uh, I was hanging in there for. <laughs> well, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up right here. Okay, cool. cool, cool. Um, so real quickly, I want to say thank you, Jahan. Uh, author for coming on, showing us and sharing your Without, wisdom uh, with the record. Uh, we're going to do like we always do when we go around the room. Shout out to Big Sexy. He had to leave early. But he came back. 
Oh, whoa. whoa. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's start with you. Big Sexy, where can they find you? Uh, on uh, Twitter under Big Sexy and Sack, and then on Facebook under Mark Wiggins. All right. Uh, Jahan, where can they find you at, sir? At Jahan's Dream or at Total Music Snobs. All right. Mr. Author, where can they find you? Uh, my personal Twitter handle is a double r t h u double r Arthur, and uh, the Music Snobs also has a Facebook presence: facebook.com slash the Music Snobs. All right, uh, day dropping. Find me in uh, on Facebook under Ernie Wiles. Last name is W Y L E S, and uh, like I said in the previous podcast, I'm on the. <laughs> <laughs> you, you 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 cut out out, out out on everything you said 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 said. <laughs> Ernie, you there? Right. how about now? There you go. There you yeah, go. can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> Lord, Ernie. Man, you 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 cut out again. Everything you said. Um, I will put your contact information on the show notes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> big, big Ken, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ken Mitch, K E N M I T C H, uh, Facebook, The Flavor Foundation, and of course, TheFlavorFoundation.com. All right. Uh, my name is Michael Dean. You can find me on Twitter at M Dean. We also invite you to please uh, follow the at Podcast Juice on Twitter. Also, like the Podcast Juice page on Facebook use all the likes we can get and also a quick shout out to the uh, all access family um, thank you for the support um, shout out to prince.org shout out to uh, peach and black shout out to chris johnson shout out to uh, what's my guy jester shout out to everybody that really uh, rep- represents uh, that purple music out there uh, it's all a community it's all a family uh, what else can we say? But hey, I hope you enjoyed this show. And oh, if I can throw a little thing out there to Mr. Nelson, please announce you're going to have a concert, uh, uh what, the week of the 13th in, uh, Minneapolis, because I probably will be there. And so this would be my first chance to, uh, visit Paisley Park. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope that that all works out. And without, and with that, we say peace. We're out of here. Thank you.